Valverde. It's so good when it hits the lips. fantasy football and the relevance of all the tight ends that mean a crap in your lineup for the 2016 season. If you follow if you've been following us, we did the running backs last week and the quarterbacks the week before that. So, it's tight ends this week and then next week we'll do wide receivers, which knowing us, we're going to have Houdini back in the mix and uh, that'll probably be a really long show. Houdini is gone um, training for his new job. So, I've got Stag Party across the way from me. I got Dogmatica to my right. I'm D Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com and we're jazzed up. I, uh, you know, I think Dog used to interrupt at the very beginning of old shows and be like, I got something to say about a, a death or a birthday. So, go on. This is a good time. Well, yeah, good I mean, Merle just a, a legend, you know, of our time, to be quite honest. Actually, he's probably a little bit before our time, but. Uh, <laughs> Just an absolute legend. Um, tried to guess to maybe play a little bit of it, uh, but it's not. I don't know. It's not quite our style. But uh, I don't know. He inspired a lot of musicians of our time. The Dead used to play some of his tunes. So, uh, rest in peace, rest brother. In peace. Yeah, he was a contemporary of Johnny Cash. I mean, so these guys are have inspired rock and roll. They've inspired folk music. They've inspired country music. So uh, Merle Haggard, well, I can't say I was a guy that threw your records on too often. Um, been hearing your name uh, for years and hearing your music. And uh, Godspeed, my friend. Good times. Uh, obviously, a big news that happened this week. Before we get in, we can talk about a couple of things that are popping around. Big story. Twitter gets the Thursday night football streaming rights. Which is pretty remarkable because we know we had been talking about for almost two years how we thought uh, Google, no, YouTube was going to get it. Remember a couple of years ago, YouTube was in talks to try and get the rights for Thursday night and get in there as the as the next uh, TV channel. It's not even really a channel at this point, but they were they would have been if they had got in there. It's crazy though. This deal, from what I read, Twitter only spent ten million dollars on this. Basically, the NFL single-handedly with this deal, $10 million. Wow. It's, it's nothing. Yeah. The, the NFL's not making money on it. The, the NFL's basically saved Twitter with this deal. Twitter is 
numbers have been plummeting. We use it. People in our industry use it. It's a big thing with sports. It's a big thing with football uh, in general. And just one, you know, listening to Goodell talk about it. Um, there's so much in-game tweeting going on in week. You know, here at Pyromaniac, our Twitter handle, follow us, P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one A-C. We're tweeting all day, all, all week, and following and retweeting our contemporaries and colleagues in this industry. And, you know, today I tweeted uh, a picture of Allen Iverson and T-Mobile. Uh, so it's a huge thing in what we're doing. But outside, Twitter's kind of hurting. And the NFL just came in and swooped and, and gave them a, a golden mallet and said, this is let's make you relevant. So the NFL essentially just bought Twitter, and uh, pretty awesome. But expect some uh, some fail whales in your future because Twitter already gets a little overcrowded. I'm sure uh, NFL will help them out with with servers and capacity or whatever. But should be awesome. Basically, what they're saying, and then we'll move on is. With the amount of millennials that are not having cable and not having any sort of uh, subscriptions to these TV channels that have all these games, NFL Network is a premium uh, sports channel. They're, this is the best way that they figured to get it to people that don't want to pay for this stuff. So Twitter will be playing those games for free on Twitter. I don't know how that will work in their video, uh, but uh, should be pretty dope. I'm, I'm pretty psyched. It's great news. Anything else uh, you guys got on the back of your uh, your mind about uh, industry or, or, or football? Uh, Twitter's up a dollar. <laughs> that makes you feel better. Good for that. <laughs> I, I guess I don't know. Not really football, but I mean, obviously, baseball season started, uh, so that's pretty exciting. Cubs and White Sox are both two and zero. So that's pretty cool. Uh, First time since 1951. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is absolutely insane. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's Despite the luck in the draw. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, basketball, Golden State lost again yesterday, so... To the Wolves? I mean, to, to get to beat, you know, the, the, the record, to beat the, uh, the Bulls' record, they have four, to win four, the remaining four. four games, and they play twice against San Antonio and twice against Memphis, and, you know, one home and one away each. It's going to be tough. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. They may tie it. They probably will tie it, to be honest. Uh, but that's, yeah, uh, but then you know Greg Popovich could just throw a wrench in everything we want and sit all his guys, and you have no idea if he's going to do it or not. And he's like holding it over the league's head right now. <laughs> he, he'll do it because it, uh, I don't know. I think it's probably better if they don't get that record for their playoff because they'll actually have a chip on their shoulder. You even heard it to, to Draymond, your Michigan State boy. He's saying, we're bored, man. We need to get these playoffs. This is like, this season, this is enough. It's like this lingering deal. And let's be honest, one of the reasons why the Bulls were able to do it that one year is because it was the year, wasn't that the first year after Jordan came back? Or was it the second year after he came back? But when you got Jordan waking up every day, like, we're doing this, guys. Yeah, let's go. Uh, well, follow my lead. You're right? also never bored when you got Dennis Rodman on your team. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it's, it's always fun and games for those guys. Uh, as long as you mention Michael Jordan. Um, kind of a roundabout segue. Uh, the Masters starts tomorrow. Golf, and I was. I thought watching. you were going to go back to the national championship, which <laughs> UNC lost. Yeah. Which UNC lost, which was an insane Same game, game. Uh, absolutely insane. We could probably talk for hours on that, but I, I, I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> but the Masters starts tomorrow. Jordan Spieth, uh, who was you know, the best player in the world last year, uh, just found out that he was actually named after Jordan. That's sweet. I did not know that Jordan Spieth was. I mean. You, of course, you could put two and two together, but I did, that, that was literally, he was named for Michael Jordan. Now that Very it's cool. confirmed, you feel better. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely cool as hell. But anyway, let's get to football. 
Let's get to football. Good times all around. Fired up. Um, obviously, we're getting close here to draft time here in Chicago. It's under. It's about a month away. Exactly. It's exactly a month away, isn't it? Uh, is it the sixth or the seventh of next month? Ooh, I don't. Know. I think it's the sixth exactly. or seventh. So it's drafts coming in a month. A lot of news is happening. A lot of sixth um, is a Friday. No, it's and a week earlier. It's April twenty eighth. Is it? Yep. Oh my god. Yeah, it's draft month. month. Holy, it's draft month. Good for you. Good for us. Um, We're not going to talk about rookies on this show. We are going to talk. Maybe we'll talk about a couple rookies that are tight ends. But fired up to get going and uh, let's do it. Basically, we're going to follow our lead. Uh, You won't be able to follow it. Actually, we're going off some documents that you will not have in front of you. So basically, (laughs) we got Dogmatica and Stag Party have put their version two of their tiers. Uh, collectively together to come up with uh, a ranking average, and that's what we're going to be looking at. And essentially, that doesn't really matter because we're just going to talk about um, we're just going to talk about them and say you know we don't all agree on on their positioning and where they should be uh, ranked, and that's what we're going to do. So, how do we want to start this? Should we start from the top down? Should we just start throwing out names? Yeah, I, mean, I think we start from the top down, and I will say that like the first, I would say seven, eight, nine guys are. I mean, there's no real discrepancies. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about them regardless, but they're pretty obvious characters up there, um, obviously. And we just start, go ahead. Gronk's number one. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, that's just the way it is, I suppose. It's, I mean, I guess the interesting is, is that you know, New England went out and got uh, Martellus Bennett to play alongside of him. Will that affect him much? I don't know. It might even make him a little bit better. Uh, you know, you're going to have to... Slide a little coverage that way, I suppose. Um, they also picked up Clay Harbor, who is a lot better at the Aaron Hernandez position than Martellus Bennett would be. Whether they try and use him there or not, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, that's, I mean, they got some interesting tight ends there, obviously, to go with Gronk. And uh, I don't know, the guy's a, a study at 500 yard games last year, which is pretty insane. The next best was three by a tight end, which is also pretty darn good. But you know, it's Gronk's Gronk. I mean, let's see, 10 games with either 100 yards or a touchdown. And then if you look at just top positional weeks in PPR, 86% of his games were top positional weeks. So he's given you that value above and beyond anybody else at the tight end position to where 13 of his 15 games, he's going to be a top you know, 12 scorer at his position, which is just insane. And, you know, there was just games where you know... There was a little bit there left on the table last year. There was games where there was nobody else on the outside, and he seemed to be triple, triple team, and he still ended up with nearly 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns. So, you know, with more pieces around him, you know, ho- hopefully Edelman back there. We've got to remember, you know, Gronk started off hot, real hot on that, you know, what, Thursday night football game with three touchdowns. And then after that, it was sort of slowed down, but then once... You know, Edelman was sort of out of the lineup. He didn't have another 100-yard game there back until the conference championship. So, and that was Edelman back again. So Edelman definitely brings up, opens up a little bit of space for him. But he's still the top guy in this offense, even with Edelman there. You know, I I mean, I want to say that in years past, he was so dominant that it was worth taking him in that first round. And I think the people will probably still be taking him in the first round this year. But i got to tell you, the gap is closed. 
it, it really has closed this year. He didn't lead. As a matter of fact, he wasn't even like in the top seven or eight or nine in receptions for a tight end last year. He did lead in yards, but not by much. Uh, Greg Olson was within 72 yards of him. He didn't lead in touchdowns. Eifert had him there, and Jordan Reed had the same amount as him. I mean, he had 22 more points, 22 or so more points than the next guy, but that doesn't average out to be that much per game. I mean, at, uh, Jordan Reed averaged 11.5 per game, and Gronk averaged 12.2. Is it worth taking him in the first round when you can get, I mean, Jordan Reed will go higher this year, but you could have gotten Reed, you know, 10th, 11th, or whatever you know, last year. So is it really worth that first rounder? I don't know. We'll, we'll see how things play out. We'll talk about it more as we go along in the summer and everything, but... I don't know. The gap's starting to close a little bit. I, I, it's, I don't want to say it's because he's not as dominant, but that Patriots team is changing a bit, and the age is really starting to show. Uh, I just I don't know if he's really worth that first round pick for me anymore. Didn't lead in targets, you know. I mean, he wasn't wasn't even close. Again, I mean, the three guys beat him in targets. So I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. He did miss the games. Those you know, sixteen game stats. You know, get a little bit suppressed with that, but yeah, he could have been a. He seems Reed missed a game. Reed missed two games. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so. But I'm not going to go out here and say Reed is who's tied for being our next guy so far. Yeah. Well, the one thing I'll say, and I agree with you, Dogmatica. There's no question. People had found a little bit of success based on other first-round debacles, mostly at the running back position over the wide receiver position, in last year's draft by going with Gronk. He missed a couple games, but he was consistent. He was right up there. But he's not put he's, – he hasn't gone over 200 points in, since – he's only done it once in his career, maybe twice. Once. Uh, once. So he did in 2011. That was his badass year where he had 240. Which might have been one of the best tight end seasons ever, but – Actually, the best. The best. <laughs> I thought uh, Jimmy Grant. Jimmy Grant. No, I think he was better. He, no, he was close. Graham was close, but he didn't. He that didn't was the same it. season. That <laughs> was the same season. But um, if you're not going over 200 points, if that's if that's like if your if your floor if your ceiling is under 200 points to me, that does not justify a first round pick to me. I'm going to roll a dice and go on another guy, a running back or a wide receiver, that has that possibility, if he has that serendipitous season, to go over 200 points when I'm in that first round. If it hits me and I get a bust, we've all won championships with first-round busts, and it's not that big of a deal. So I want to take that, I want to take that silver bullet and get that just unbelievable ceremonious season uh, if it can hit for that player. And right now, I agree with you. Gronk, his injuries have... He's still amazing. He's the best. I mean, but the injuries and that whole team, it's just a little different. Edelman, I think, will be back and help him. I do think they'll pick up something in the draft. Uh, Maybe they're still not done. But right now, Gronk, first round, tough to sell me on that deal. I mean, That's where he's going. He's right there at the end... End of the first, top of the second. I think if you can get him in the second, he's one of the more consistent... Or Last season, he was the most consistent player in the NFL in terms of being top 12 in his position every week. Nobody can match his percentage. So you're going to get a pretty safe pick, but you've got to face it that he's going to miss a game or two, just the style he plays. You've also got to think he's capped. You know, what's the greatest tight end season ever in terms of receiving yards? That was the Jimmy Graham number. Yeah. Um, like 1,400 yards. But we're seeing receivers now, you know, eclipsing 2,000, getting up in the 18, 1,800 range. And that's a little bit of the difference is you're never going to get an 1,800-yard season out of Gronk. It just doesn't happen. 
I mean, he's not going to average over 100 yards a game. Like, that's not the way this is going to work. So you're, you can get that from Julio. And unless he can somehow get back to scoring 16 or 17 TDs, which hasn't really been the trend over the last couple of years, he's been, you know, 11 or 12, that's probably, he's, maybe he gets 13, but... I'll tell you one of the biggest things, and it's strange how we have so much to say about Gronk here. It's um, usually just a foreground conclusion, he's first, whatever. But I think one of the biggest uh, problems with him at this point is not so much him, himself, but it's that offense. is The lack of talent around him has led defenses to focus on Gronk a lot more. The injuries have also uh, you know, had defenses focusing on Gronk a lot. Last year they were just completely decimated with injuries. Uh, but, but, I mean, if you look at their receiving core right now and you look at their running backs, I hate to say it, but nothing pops out. You know, I mean, Edelman, sure, but he's guaranteed to get, you know, injured for a couple few games, you know, maybe even more than that. Who knows? Behind him, it's other small guys. The best thing they got going for him on the outside maybe now is a, a Nate Washington. So, I, <laughs> I, they're really not all, it's just, what else are you going to concentrate on? Let's stop Gronk and see what we can do there. Does Dion? I mean, yeah, Dion Lewis was outstanding for the first, you know, five, six games, however long he was healthy for. But he's not like a, a scary focal point that you know you have to direct your defense towards. And he's coming off of major injuries too. So I don't know. It's all going to focus on Gronk again. And I, it, what he did last year is what I'll bet he'll do again this year. That's last thing I'll say on him. And you kind of alluded to it earlier, Stag Party, is the fact that. One of the reasons why his injuries are, people don't key in on him, but they also try and hurt him. It's one of the reasons why he has injury problems. Like, some of the injuries that he's gotten, these guys, he's so dominant, and he's this big dude, and he's this big goofball partier. People must hate him, because he's able to do what all these other players aren't. He's able to just totally be himself, be this total goofball, be at parties, being a total lughead, where anybody else, if anybody else is doing that, it's under the scope. It's like, with Gronk, he's just able to do it. And I know that guy from the Browns that hurt his knee two seasons ago and took his knee out, these guys want to hurt him. And so he's got that he's got that aura about himself of being this beast of a man. People hate him. They're like, they don't think he's as good as he is, but he outshines them and he's able to do whatever he wants. He can do no wrong. And he's on the most hated team in the league. So, people, he scares me for that. Where when he's playing, he's one of those guys that's out there on the field that people are targeting. You got guys trying to, I mean, yeah, it's it's a hated team. And Gronk is one of the big reasons why. There's Brady, too. You got guys trying to rub their ass cheeks on his. On his face during a game, you know, in the <laughs> bottom of the pile, I'm going to get my ass in that guy's nose. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to happen to guys like that. And the thing is, yeah, he does overcome it, and he does outshine uh, the nastiness. But uh, the guy can lay a lick himself, too. It's not like he hasn't hurt people trying to tackle him, because he has. Uh, but let's move on from Gronk, um, get into the next uh, couple of guys. And I'll tell you another thing, um, and this is concerning the whole next, like, seven guys, next 10, 11, 12 guys, whatever. The, one of the reasons why I won't be taking Gronk in that first round is because, one, I think he's about capped. I think that, obviously, you know, what he did last year. is about what you're yeah, going to get. it's about what you're going to get. And to me, with the up-and-comers and the guys who are close enough to him, I don't think it warrants a first-round pick. But another thing is that there's a lot of safe guys now, guys that you know are Definitely. going to produce. You got Greg Olson and uh, Greg Olson and Jordan Reed. If Jordan Reed stays healthy, guy might outshine Gronk this year. I mean, but, that's the thing. If Jordan Reed, but I guess that's the thing with Gronk too. Yeah. If Gronk stays healthy for a full season, you know what you're getting. But there's, I mean, there's other guys we'll get into that 
are safe picks that I believe are worth waiting on and taking in later rounds as opposed to the guy who takes Gronk in the first round. And there's even another handful, four, five, six guys, I feel, that could jump straight up into like where Barnage jumped in uh, last year or, uh, or Jordan Cameron jumped in a couple of years ago or Reed jumped in or whatever that is, or Kelsey jumped in a couple of years ago. There uh, always seems to be a jumper. There is a, a jumper or two. Um, and there's definitely guys out there that I'd be willing to take a chance on later and wait on that position and grab a couple of them, few of them, and hopefully strike gold. The depth, the depth of the position has changed, so it makes it not as big of a deal to have to go early on them. You don't have to, you don't have to be the first to the race and grab one of those uh, supreme studs like you, you might have had to do. And it years seemed ago. like last season a lot of these guys were eating into each other's value. You had, you know, Ladarius Green and Gates sort of negating each other in drafts a little bit. Sure. You had Fleener and Allen, and you're like, what do I do here? And now these situations have sort of cleared up. And last year there were no real, like, high upside op- options. Like, you couldn't wait past tight end 12 and get a guy who seemed to have a ton of upside, you know, before the draft. You were just like, ooh, you know, maybe. Like, who were the sexy picks last offseason that you were super excited about? Like, Josh Hill? And then besides that, there were no young, sexy, up-and-coming guys at the position Eifert. to be excited about. Yeah, Eifert. But outside of those two, were there anybody? Maybe Ertz? Ertz if you maybe. wanted to lump him in the same group, even though he's a little higher drafted. I don't know. There's a couple of guys, too. There's Safari Jenkins. Uh, Did he show up for Hill last year? No, not really. Or Ebron. We but those are, you know, those are the types of guys that uh, I think will make the move But not, But year. now, that, that you've seen it a little bit. You've seen more glimpses of these younger guys that you could wait a little bit and grab a high upside guy later. For sure. All right, so past Gronk, um, you and I uh, averaging out our positions. Tied. <laughs> yeah, tied. Uh, Olsen and Reed. I have uh, Reed second and Olsen third. You have Olsen second and Reed third. Um, they're pretty interchangeable. Olsen is really consistent. You could depend on him being there for 16 games. Reed is a bit more of a chance because of his uh, his injury, uh, late concussion past. history, knee, everything. He but, wasn't even healthy coming into last season, and that was one thing yeah. that you know was concerning. It's like, is he even going to be on that field in week one? He's got a big knee injury, and then you know that caused a lot of people to undervalue him. And then he was hurt mid season again, and he's not the greatest blocker. He's not he's not the sexy guy either. He's not that fast. He's not that tall. He shouldn't, you know, dominate in the red zone. You know, he shouldn't do all these things, but then he did last season. So that's the interesting well, thing. Yeah. It's like talent, like pure athletic talent versus one of those guys who just knows how to get open. And there's also a, another big uh, thing with him that not every other, you know, there's other guys with maybe more talent than him, but doesn't have the situation. Cousins locks, loves it. Locks in on Just loves Especially it. in the red zone. I mean, when he when those guys are in the 12 to 8 yard line getting ready to go, it's it's, it's a foregone conclusion that it's going to be, it's going it's going on a, a button hook or some sort of in play to him every time. Your options last year were throwing to the most boring receiver in the entire league and Pierre Garçon. Or looking for maybe the, still one of the fastest guys in the league. That doesn't only help plays, you in the red zone. <laughs> only plays, only actually tries like one out of every ten plays. Yeah, from so, the twenty. Yeah. The other the twenty, other 20. He, yeah. he tries from the other twenty. He doesn't try on that twenty because exactly. he knows he's not getting the ball. The thing is, Jordan Reed was fourth in the league in red zone targets last season. He was first in red zone catches. Uh, 
He scored 10 touchdowns inside the 20, and then, you know, he led the league in yardage inside the 20. Absolutely insane the things. Like, his catch percentage was 70% inside the red zone. Like, these numbers really aren't repeatable. That's the thing. Like, he, like, surpassed the field by so far, it's like an outlier. So that's what worries me a little bit in addition to, and, you know, I always say, you know, 100 yards is one touchdown. He had that 900 yards and 11 touchdowns, so maybe you're expecting a little regression there. Uh, I he's one of those guys I could see though being a thousand yard. Yeah, he would. T- he would have a thousand yards if he didn't miss those games. What he had? But he, he, he misses games. Yeah, he <laughs> like does. that's the thing. And he's about he's about a heavy concussion away from being retired. Nine fifty two last well, season. He, I mean, he, he missed two games and still had the second most catches out of uh, any tight end in the league. Even missing two games, so. That says a lot in itself too. That just that says how much his quarterback and the system that they run works for him. So I mean, he's I, I, listen. He's he's yes, he's a bit of a chance, but he's a worthwhile chance to take. Just make sure you get somebody uh, decent to back him up. You know, as a just in case. Do we have on him right now in, in early season drafts? Like, what's the ADP on him? Is he going? He's fourth round, fourth round? end of third to start fourth. Risky, but even the upside. Yeah. The upside if he if he plays sixteen on that team. Not, not terrible. I, I don't think I'll do it. It's a really blood blood. weird third-round pick. Is he the second ADP-wise in that situation or, or third? Like what? Is he second? higher? He's, he's higher than Olsen on yes. ADP right now. Like what? That's that's really strange to me. I mean, why would you? What would you have on your team that you would feel the need to get Jordan Reed in the third? I mean, I, I can't. It's even, just because he's he's in the third, and then Greg Olson's in the. You know, right start of the fourth there. So he actually got pushed up a little bit from last season. He was like a solid fifth-round pick, end of four, as soon as that, you know, Kelvin Benjamin injury hit. But then Tyler Eifert's in the fifth round. Travis Kelsey's also in the fifth there. And then there's a bit of a a lag until Delaney Walker in the sixth. It's an interesting position. It is. I mean, that's it's just extremely strange. I mean, if it's moving on up, I'll tell you that. You yeah. think about that. Think about how many players. You just mentioned five or six players that are in the top five, six rounds at the tight end position. Tight end position? It's unreal. Crazy. Never I mean, think that. about it this way. Last year, there was only four tight ends that were over 1,000 yards. Your uh, 100 yards to touchdown ratio, and then we just said Jordan Reed was at 952. <sighs> I don't know about that. In 2000. Uh, 2014, there was only 2,000-yard tight ends. There was only one in 2013. There was one in 2012. So it's a position that's heading in that in that century mark uh, zone. So I guess that reaffirms why they're moving up. But at the same time, I don't know. There's just so many of them now that I feel like it's just like quarterbacks to me. It's like, but, why, but why go all is, in that early? Yeah, like with Jordan Green, you're taking a chance of passing up potentially you know, Brandon Cooks and T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. Josh Gordon and Jarvis Landry and Randall Cobb, you know, and then on the running back side, you know, Jonathan Stewart, Deion Lewis, Jeremy Hill. Who who's like God, those wide receivers sounded better than those running backs to me. Sounded like I need to take a running back in the second round. Well <laughs> that's one of those things that's like, oh, remember, you wait until those running backs, but uh like tight ends are capped. There's been like twenty seven Thousand yard seasons in the history of the NFL. Yeah. Before last year. So last year what was added we added four. four. So thirty one, you know, one thousand yard seasons by a tight end in the history of the NFL. 
how many of those are by wide receivers? Like, how, I, it took me a lot longer to fucking count. That's yeah. how long. <laughs> <laughs> That's for freaking sure. I mean, can I ask one question? We're talking, and then let's move on from Reed and, and get caught up, and we can focus in uh, maybe on Olsen for a second. Anybody worried about the? And I want to, I want to hear some laughter, but anyone worried about the Vernon Davis signing? Is that just? Is that just like they know he's going to be out for I'm a few more games, worried. and now and then it's like, hey, it's better to have Vernon there than. I'm more worried about, about Niles Paul. <laughs> Niles Paul being back from his injury. I, honestly, I can't even explain the Vernon Davis. It, it, maybe they just had the a mentor. The, the, no, I think maybe they. He's a to. terrible locker room guy. <laughs> yeah, that's not the mentor you, you want. I think he's just a, a just in case type thing that probably came cheap enough, and they happen to have the money to be able to to grab somebody there. Uh, it's. I mean, it, that was just a depth signing. I, the guy is not a threat at all to read. I mean, the thing or is, or to Paul, to to be honest. The thing is, like, there's so much. They had a better tight end group because Niles Paul wasn't there all last season, but he's been a guy who's sort of eaten into Jordan Reed in the past. Uh, he's more of sort of a, a little bit of a handcuff, I guess you could say. You know, when Reed's out, he's had some nice games, but he's a guy not to forget about. But then Derek Carrier, when Reed is out, he even had some fancy value. Kirk Cousins just likes his ends tight, apparently. Shit. Must have gone to Michigan State. <laughs> Ooh. Hey now. Wow. Hey now. Wow. Hey, I like my ends tight. I'm a yeah. chick. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, on the flip side, the guy who got tied for number two has been one of the most consistent players, sort of, in the NFL over the last, you know, two years, maybe three or four but then suddenly took his game to another level and has now started having 1,000-yard seasons. So he's the guy who's going to catch, you know, 80 passes a season, 75 passes a season, and he's just consistent every week. The thing is, he's never been a double-digit touchdown guy, and he's, what, entering his ninth season in the league or tenth season in the league he'll be entering next year. Yeah. Um, So, you know, drafting him... You know, you're doing it better if you're doing it in PPR leagues because, you know, touchdowns matter more in standard. It's just the way it works. Uh, when it comes to Olsen, he has his, his targets have gone up every single year for the last six years, as has his fantasy points per game every year for the last six years. Yep. Strangely, the year before that six-year streak started, he had a year with his most touchdowns in his career. He had eight touchdowns. Um, he's just, he is the epitome of just... Slow and steady across the board. You know what you're getting. Um, there's, I mean, he will have an outstanding game or two here and there. Uh, last year against New Orleans, it was a blow-up game, 134 yards and two TDs. He uh, seems to destroy them often. Often. Well, that a lot <laughs> like of in DFS, remember often. Greg Olson against New Orleans. Like, that's like money in the bank. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but besides that, you know, he can have big games, but... Is he that guy who's going to put up consistent 100-yard games, especially with the returning of Kelvin Benjamin and then you know Cam Newton pilfering touchdowns, I guess you could say, because they don't have just a ton of red zone attempts compared to other teams. And he's going what round? Four, four? End of four? Or End beginning of four? Of four I think four? he's a guy that's more of one of those slow and steady, he's very consistent, the upside, you know, it's... it's, it's, it's it's right there. It's very, very good for the position, but you're holding that position down for 16 weeks, most likely. You're going to be getting good points every week. You're going to have a couple of real nice games, no absolute explosions, maybe except for during the, uh, the, New, the, Orleans. the New Orleans moments. But that's he, when you have him, it's kind of like 
You really, you you don't really don't have to take another tight end. If if he does get his bye week, you can stream a tight end, and if he gets hurt, you know whatever. When was the last time he got hurt? Yeah, he just does. Yeah, just his rookie season is the answer. (laughs) I I trust him. Uh, You know, here's the thing about Greg Olson: there's always going to be somebody in your league who loves him. Always, and actually, just in our group here, Houdini loves him. Absolutely, just absolutely loves him. He'll take him before any of us would probably take him in a draft. Can I tell you though? Isn't it true that Olsen in our other league until about this last year, he was one of the, he was a Welker esque. He was like a pariah. It's like it seemed like for whatever reason, it's like why is this guy still friggin' available? And I think that was the whole team. I mean, even even Cam. Oh, there's something about the whole Panthers offense that everyone was just like. I don't want any of those running backs because it used to be a crowded backfield. Cam, people hate him, and you don't know what you're going to get. Also, everyone just stayed away. That's going to be a lot different. Well, I'll shit. tell you why. Our it was our rules. We changed our rules just a couple years yeah. ago um, to make it a lot more tight end friendly, which makes them a lot more valuable. Before that, though, um, it was pro- it was more touchdown based, I guess, for tight ends, and he wasn't a touchdown guy. So that was no that was to total Tenny Stegman on draft day. We're changing the rule. We're changing the rules. <laughs> That's um, what it was. Ends, and then the second round, he takes uh, he takes uh, Gates. Yeah, it's like Gates. Like I think he had that plan behind <laughs> behind closed doors. That mother and, trucker. And the, first, the first six games, Gates was totally MVP of the whole league, and mm. then he got hurt. Thank God. Yeah. Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you know, Stas was fully like he was he was paneling and got at, at Myers Tavern. He's like, so guys, I got a, I got an idea about tight ends. <laughs> you on board? Yes, I got enough votes. Okay, Gates in the second. <laughs> so so after uh, after the Greg Olson Jordan Reed tie. We've got three guys who are sort of in their own little tier here that as soon as Noonan puts in his rankings, they will completely change. <laughs> because he will have Tyler Eifert number two. Um, no, but, I'm not high on Eifert. I'm not. Okay, so Travis Kelsey, Delaney Walker, and, and Tyler Eifert are all sort of in, in the next tier. They've each got you know pluses about them. They've got some negatives, too. Uh, I mean, some guys more than others age... You know, difference, touchdown dependency, you know, not scoring enough touchdowns because you're on Kansas City. That's its own drawback. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these these guys have a lot, or I'd say the group before them have maybe a half a war. And these guys got like a full-blown war somewhere. Yeah, no, it's true. There is. I, it, like you said, Kelsey actually came out, I have him fifth, you have him fourth. Yeah. Um, obviously, his biggest drawback is the touchdowns because it's Kansas City and the throwing touchdowns just aren't there. They're the best team at rushing in the red zone in the entire league over ever. And that's Andy Reid's like thing. Yeah. He runs the ball in the red zone, and they seem to find a way to score. I like the way he just turned into a robot there. That was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that was sort of like what Andy Reid is in the red zone. Now, so... <laughs> Kelsey, I think this might have aided in your putting him up at four. Uh, the fact that he has the easiest tight end schedule in the league, that's a big one. And that's probably why I have him at five. I might have had him down a couple of notches, honestly, because of that. But I just, I, if he was down at like 23, 24, 25 in that range or even lower, then yeah, I think I, I would have dropped him out of five and I probably would have put him down at like seven. Uh, but yeah, that definitely makes it easier for him. And he deserves to be right there. Kid's a stud. Um, he's got everything going for him. He's athletic as hell. Uh, he's strong as hell. 
Uh, he's he's I don't know a, a Gronk on another team on a on a team on a bad team on a team that doesn't throw as much exactly. Uh, moving on, you have uh, Eifert. Uh, let's go to Walker. You have Walker at six. I have Walker at four. Yeah. One thing, just to go to Kelsey, and this is just um, I know he's your boy, but I was doing a search for the graphic for this show. And Kelsey was one of the guys I was locking in. You ever? This guy's like a real fashionista. You ever see like his outfits pre-game and whenever he's hanging out? Like he like is like he basically dresses like Justin Bieber. I'm not you know about the win a date with Travis Kelsey. Thing. No, he's got his own reality TV show. Yeah, smart guy. <laughs> there it is. Smart guy. <laughs> Explained a little yeah, bit. Yeah, smart guy. I mean, every, I'm looking at an image. And I'm like, no, that that outfit's way too gay. Uh, <laughs> no, can't do that. Looks like Justin Bieber. <laughs> what the hell is this? Sleeveless. Lumberjack with a with the fedora, fedora hat on. I'm not gonna put that on my site. I mean, I literally couldn't find an image with this guy. That uh, so I don't football? know. It doesn't seem well. I can find one with football, but we've got enough of those. Um, yeah. He doesn't seem like your type of guy off the field stag party. But is it? What's I don't have part? a type of guy off the field. Just uh, just so we're clear. Okay. Good point. <laughs> I, I do. Um, <laughs> what's his brother play? Offensive line or defensive line? Kelsey's. Offensive line. Yeah. Cultural lineage. He's one of those. Val Verde. Val Verde. Tastes so good when it hits my lips. He's one of those guys that just, ever since they got rid of Fasano, his snaps took a big jump. So he played 92% of his team snaps last year, which was the third highest among tight ends, you know, behind Jason Witten and Greg Olson, who never leave the field. Yeah. So he is always going to be on the field, and that just helps his fantasy value. It's sort of like that can it it just keeps him consistent. He's always gonna get a little something. And you just wish he got a little something more in the red zone. That's where you know you need to see more because he's averaged eight hundred and fifty yards over the last couple of years. The thing I, uh, I I agree with you with the eye test with him. Had him on my team last year. Did fine. You watch him on that. He's open all the time and doesn't get the ball. He's frustrated. Like eye test, some guys are like, he's half-assing it, whatever. Kelsey is open so often and does not get the Alex Smith ball. It's so painful. It's like, it dude, is painful. Dude, he's going. He's got that post. There's no one around him. Even the catches, he's gonna smother that these guys. So hopefully, um, between his Got paid. Hopefully that doesn't make him lazy. I don't think it will. But hopefully Alex Smith is watching his game tape from last year. They're working hard together and seeing just how unbelievably. And I I think hopefully Brady's doing the same thing with Gronk, especially on that last two-point conversion that he didn't hit Gronk, and he tried to force it into Edelman. Uh, But I hope they're looking and just Alex Smith can be like, you know what, I've just got to have a lot of faith and look down the center of the field and, and just... Not be scared, because you know he dinks and dunks. He throws it off to the side. He throws it away. And what he's got to do is he's ten years in, dude. You got to let it rip and let your playmakers make plays. So hopefully, I, he's I don't even think if I'm going out on a limb with this, I'm just going to state this flat out. Uh, he's the second most talented tight end in the entire league. I agree with that. In in, 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 in a complete tight end respect, uh, talking blocking, route running, uh, catching the ball, uh, doing all, anything that's asked of him, uh, speed, whatever it is. He's second to, to Grunk, and even then, it's I think the gap is get a little closer than you think. 
it's a fo- football is a is a football player position. You got the Ditkas of the world. He's a football player, and there's a lot of these other guys uh, that are in the mix that um, you know, like Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed's good, but is Jordan Reed a football player? Is, is, is Jordan is, Reed is, the is, most talented tight end? Where he's Six six and two sixty. He's and more he like Gates. Four, Gates, five. Gates a football player? No, he's a basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing. Kelsey is he just needs to get the opportunity in the red zone. He just had thirteen red zone targets last year, which is you know middle of the pack. Um, so you're thinking about it, and you're like, can he improve? And the, the answer is yes. They just have to realize that we have to you know call plays for this guy, or we have to you know. Just make a effort to get him the ball in the red zone when we're not able to, you know, give it to Jamal Charles for a score. So I, that's why I like Kelsey. I just think he's going to be—he's the best after the catch in terms of percentage yards after the catch. And that makes you think if he just got some more targets, like we were saying last year. Like what what happened was he got eighty-seven his rookie year or his pseudo rookie year, and then he got a hundred and two last year. We thought it was going to be more like one twenty. Is, does it take another jump? Does it take a jump into the 120s and you know increase his fantasy value you know through the roof? Well, one thing, one thing I like quickly is he went over 10 points uh, four times last year, and in your championship game he had he, he he delivered. You know he got you that touchdown, and you look at what he did in the um, in the wild card round last year. He had his best game of the season against Houston. He had 10 targets, eight catches, 128 yards, no touchdowns, but. It just shows you kind of uh, where they're going there. I think in that game, uh, I think uh, Macklin was already out. Was it Macklin, did Macklin go out in that playoff game or at the end of the regular season? But I think this team kind of understands, and I think um, you know uh, the, the, the staff understands what a specimen of a player they have a tight end. So I'm expecting things to go up, and if his if his ADP is still in that, he's still one of the the five in, in the five six zone in there. I like that value even more so heading into this year than than last year, where you were super high on him. I, I followed your lead and I gave you shit about it all season. But in all honesty, he saved my ass in the league I won the championship in, uh, and I played hit two tight ends in that league a lot of weeks. So I'm all down, I'm down with Kelsey other than his offense. So Val Verde. Looks so good. So what? <laughs> Double that. Verde. So we got uh, the next guy, or debatably, and we got Delaney Walker, who led the tight end position in catches last year, who what led it in targets as well, targets. and was up there in yardage. Despite missing a game. Only, only six tight ends have ever had more receptions in the history of the league. Than Delaney's 94 catches last year. I mentioned Gronk had 500-yard games last year. Uh, Delaney actually had five games with over 90 yards. So I, he was right there. You know, I mean, he had a couple in the 100-yard range, but he had three three others over Just 90. Just one over 100. So if you get that boost, it's like, ah, you fucking cock tease. 97 <laughs> yards, are you kidding me? <laughs> you play PPR, man. The guy's golden. Mariota loves him. You know, yeah. the guy catches Just, everything, and he's... It's it's not even that Mariota loves him. The offense loves tight ends. True, that's they true. threw more passes to the tight end position than any other team in the league. They threw over two hundred passes targeted to tight ends last season. Anthony Fasano, oh my god! And, and <laughs> How many targets did he get individually? He got uh, one hundred thirty-three. 
So, Jesus. just over 200 targets to the tight end position. They are feeding this guy. He's a guy who's also on the field, you know, a good bit. Uh, you know, 67% of his team snaps. Remember, he was a guy who was a backup to Vernon Davis and uses the blocking tight end. Yeah. So... I told you, I told you about his check out his wife total smoke show looks like Tiffany Tiffany Minx back in the day who D- Delaney's Delaney's girl is, is a hottie white broad I think I might have uh, rubbed one out to her once or twice yeah, sorry um, one thing also to consider about him is your whole thing with when tight ends or when any player gets too many touchdowns. He only had six touchdowns, so that the whole touchdown dependency thing. Obviously, it's a, there's a dependency on how many catches he had, but I still don't mind mind that too much for for what he's going to be able to bring to the table. The thing that scares me about him: 32 years old. I think he's going to be 33 by the time the season starts. Uh, he's a little bit older because of those days back in San Francisco when he was just a bench role player. Yeah, he'll be 32 when the season starts. His fantasy points per game have gone up every year for eight straight years. Okay, that's just a weird I mean, sort of stat that sort of happens there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's that, that was like Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, every single statistic, major statistic, every single yeah. one jumped, whether it was by one yard, ten yards, 100 yards, 300 yards, two touchdowns, one touch, whatever. Every single one jumped for like his first six straight years, which is nearly impossible for a QB. So uh, that was impressive. But yeah, I mean, Walker is one of those guys. He's just, he's, he's just really consistent, and he's not sexy. He goes under the radar. You know, if you're thinking about grabbing a, a tight end um, a little bit later, you could probably get him later. I know that... Get him in the sixth round currently, 70th overall pick. Out of all those guys that we mentioned so far, that ADP, I could see doing that. Yeah, that's I good. could see I could see being there and being stocked at uh, my other positions, even already having a QB and being being basically after that pick, going on just a barrage of running back and wide receiver drafts. I could see I could see liking that dog right now. is like fuck Noonan, Noonan, in the sandbag. I saw a look. I saw a look in his eyes. It looked like he was seeing through me. How many guys are there? ADP wise, ahead of him, six. Tight end. six ahead of him in the tight end position. So I'm guessing it's probably Gronk, Reed, Olsen, uh, Kelsey, Eifert, Barnage. Mm, maybe he's only five. Two, three, four. Or is yep. Thomas? Five, five ahead of him. Okay. Well, I guess he's not under, so much under the radar then. I guess people are starting to. Realized that he is somebody who's those worth catches, taking. man. He had, and he had big plays. Remember the problem with oh him last God. year? How many touchdown bombs did he have bouncing off of helmets? Yeah, uh, I mean, he had some of those plays play. where you were playing against him. I actually dropped Delaney in a league and played against him during one of those weeks where he had two touchdowns, and oh I God. dropped. I dropped him, and I was like. Oh my God! Uh, I think I got him ha- ranked real self. high too, and I was like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" <laughs> what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? Delaney only uh, had 15 stupid. red zone targets last year. You know, that's sort of middle of the pack, a little bit-ish again. So, can he just suddenly improve to be a 8-10 touchdown guy? I, I don't think so. I don't think that offense is going to be good enough as a whole. So, I think he's more in the 6-7 touchdown range with a cap at 8. Like, that could be his best outcome is eight touchdowns? Well, I, I, here's one thing that we're going to have to see in the preseason to see how it affects their passing game. It affects what they do with the tight end, what they do with the wide receivers, is the addition of DeMarco yeah. Murray. 
Yeah. They just didn't have anything there that was too much of a threat. They could play, you know, defenses could lax off a little bit and maybe cover a few guys. Lax on, lax off? Yeah, something like that. Doesn't doesn't play action help Delaney in the, out of that I would think so. The, the most, like, you know, just giving a quick uh, fake to DeMarco up the middle and just popping it right to Delaney. But, of course, there's no question about it. Now you actually have – that was the worst pro- – I think that might have been the worst backfield in fantasy football history last year, the Titans. That was I, I can't think of a worse – I literally can't think of a worse one. McCluster, Andrews, Cobb, and Sankey. Wow. <laughs> there, was one, there was one point the Chiefs had a worse one because maybe it was after the – Jamal Charles injury where they ran out Jackie Battle and Dex, Dexter McCluster. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was terrible. Yeah. That's true. That's <laughs> but true. at least they had sounds, a guy go down. Sounds like an McCl- injury. Yeah. It sounds like McCluster is pretty good at being in the worst backfield <laughs> in the history of the league. <laughs> <laughs> really I'll tell you this. Last year, Kansas City had three or four run. They had four running backs that were better than any of the running backs on the Titans. Yep. <laughs> For sure. If Nile Davis is on the Titans, he's like bona fide. He's he's a work he's a workhorse back. Yeah. Um, all right. So we've got the Gronk, Olsen, Reed, Kelsey, Walker. Uh, just, we can mention Eifert. The uh, he's the, the next guy. I'll he's talk it. about Eifert quickly, just because you guys know he he did me right last year. I, I do have him higher. I do have him sitting here at four right now. Um, I have moved up Walker a bit, and I have him ahead of Kelsey, but I just think they don't have... I don't think he's going to have the kind of season he had with the touchdowns, obviously, next year, but I still think he's a force, and I think his confidence is higher. I think the whole team is going to be better, and the one thing I love, and this is Dogmatica's strength of schedule, awesome tab in our draft kit, pick it up, 20 bucks now, Pyro Draft Kit version 1, we're working on version 2 right now that we'll have out in the next whatever, uh... Week or two, um, we're gonna have it out here soon, in the middle of this month. Uh, you buy it one version of the draft kit for twenty, you get all versions automatically sent to your inbox. Uh, but the strength of schedule for Dalton, what is it for? For Dalton, it's it's nice. For Dalton, it's four. For Eifert, Eifert itself, it tough? it's twenty nine. He's bad, huh? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, the wide receivers too. But people defending tight ends. That's so up and down every year that it's really hard to it tell. It is. It's, it's, that's there, a really there, tough one. There is elite teams, though, that make it tough. Like Because usually the Baltimore Ravens, who are in yeah. his division, yeah. make it tough. Yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers stiffened up against tight ends last season. Yeah. And it's just those in-division... Like, you could usually tell just by the in-division opponents how yeah. tough it's going to be for a tight end. My thought was, and we talked about this on many podcasts with what's been going on with the um, the wide receiver jettison of Sanu and, and Jones, who are, are not the greatest players in the world. But right now, it's A.J. Green, the running back, wide receivers, A.J. Green and Eifert. And when Eifert's running out there, that dude is is just a, a, a monster of a man. So, they lost 152 targets. Between those two guys. Yeah. The thing is, Eifert only had 74 last season, and 15 of those came in the red zone. He caught 12 passes in the red zone, and 11 of the 12 went for touchdowns. Like, his numbers are just so astronomically out, like, Jordan Reed-esque almost, but unlimited, you know, not on 24, 
but on 15. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is going to hurt next year. It and felt like he missed a lot more games than three games, too. He, he, he was, sort of, he, he he sort of cocked early. Yeah. He, it seemed, I don't know, it seemed, I don't know, did he play kind of but not play in a couple of those games? Because it seemed like he, he got missed. hurt in the middle of a couple of games. Yeah. But uh, here's the thing that, that bothers me with him this year is that last year, I know that uh, Marvin Jones and, and Muhammad Sanu are not the end-all, be-all of a two-and-three receiver combo. But what they had was speed. They had something that could stretch defenses, that could open things up over the middle. That They're not going to have that next year. I know that it's going to be. it looks like the, the, the second target on the team is probably going to be an Eifert, but the thing is that he's going to be guarded a lot closer than he was. And the targets were barely even there last year. I mean, you got Brandon LaFell running around as your number two this uh, this coming year, and that is just the draft is still to come, and that's the only thing you can hope for. You just got to hope for a field stretcher. Like, I don't know if you want anything else. I don't think you want a target monster. Like, you don't want Lacan Treadwell to end up there and get 120 or so targets. No. You'd rather have a guy like in a Brandon Cooks mold, or yeah, you, you want know, in, in, yeah, in a Fuller mold, who's you know a one trick pony who's going to stretch the field. Like, if that's what you're an Eifert owner in Dynasty or, you know, potentially in redrafts, you just want a speed guy on the outside to sort of take the top off the defense and still give him a little bit of that gaping hole that's left with 152 vacated targets. Because they've got, you know, 1,200 yards vacated and, you know, five or six touchdowns vacated. Like, they didn't even lose that many touchdowns. I think Marvin Jones had four and Sanu had zero. Can I ask a question? Is he a contract year, Eifert? Good question. I will check. We like that. A pyromaniac? Uh, when you're, when well, I think, they, ex- I, think they already exer- I think they already exercised his fifth-year option. Yeah. Uh, I'll check right now. No way he's a fifth-year player. No, he's entering his fourth year, oh, but you okay, have to gotcha, exercise gotcha. the fifth year before the fourth year starts. Yeah, it says gotcha. in 2017 as a free agent. Maybe. I thought they exercised it already, but could be wrong. I like I like that part because this is a guy that's going to be in the league for a while. Regardless, obviously he's had some ups and downs. Last year showed some ups, but it was very touchdown dependent. But the value was there. Do you guys think ADP, even what ADP is saying, can you see him sliding? I could see people being like, I don't feel like I don't think people, people are loving. I people are loving. He's Eifert. in the fifth round, solidly. You think so? Uh, and I think he's another one of those guys. I think that. Uh, if you had him, you fell in love with him. Yeah. And he'll be a yeah. guy that's that's grabbed uh, early and often, to be honest. And also, he's probably a guy that explosion might be a lot, a lot of... Yeah, he's an explosion player, but also a guy that, uh, because of where you got him last year in uh, keeper leagues, I think a lot of... He's probably a lot of people's keeper. Yeah. It, wouldn't, it wouldn't be a shock. They do have field stretchers. Don't be, get me wrong. Brandon Tate. Could do it, I suppose. Mario Alford. What are they going to do? Punt in the ball so he can actually catch maybe, it? Maybe. <laughs> um, I mean, they have Mario Alford listed as their, their three right now. And the, I mean, the, he's small. He's tiny. He's like 5'9 or, or something like that. Yeah, you know, like 170, 180. But he ran mid four twos. Kid's fast as shit. So, I mean, he could be a, a, a lid lifter. But they're going to they, grab, they grab a couple wide receivers in this draft. They were like, you know what? We don't want to pay these guys this kind of money. Uh, grabbing a, a, even a field stretcher in the second, third, fourth round, I think they could even go with a wide receiver in the first round. Um, it's, it's worth it, dollar-wise, the way, with the money that Marvin, I mean, more so Sanu. The money Sanu got was kind of 
shocking to me. <laughs> Jones too. Yeah, the two, yeah. I mean, the, the money though. Both yeah. those guys. Was, Jones at least had a ten. But that, that was what the the um, the free agency uh, just the class dictated. There was just nobody out there, and people needed shit. So let's get the best so, available, so, which is so we were Marvin talking Jones. crap about paying awesome. <laughs> What were we talking crap about? How much we had to pay uh, Alshon Jeffrey sixteen million over four years? And you're like, I would never pay him sixty million over. You'd almost rather do it for Marvin Jones. Jones? That, <laughs> did he get that much? Like pretty much. It's, yeah, not uh, not that much, but it was. I mean, truth five for fifty four or something. Yeah. Truth is, I do some hyperbole sometimes, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it's not my money. So I'm glad Alshon's on our team for those for, eleven games next for year. now. Yeah. Moving on, um, those are the top six pretty steadily, and then we're pretty consensus on right after that on Gary Barnage. The kid is talented as hell. The uh, kid is like the, the, that's the biggest lie I've heard you tell all day. Well, they're all to me, they're all kids. So what do you want from me here? That's a good point. It doesn't suck when it's like that. You're like, it is. when you're like, I'm older than the oldest player in the league. I could go up to Kobe, and be like, hey, kid. Exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. It's anybody in the entire league. Hey, kid. All right, so he's 30. My favorite thing whenever, and I've said this before, sorry, this is just a stupid comment, but anytime I hear the word Gary. And Gary. I have <laughs> Who's Gary? Gary. Gary. Who's Gary. I love that. From you have seen Weird Science. Weird okay. Science. Good. Thank goodness. That's Literally, it's a problem. It's a problem. Anytime I hear the word Gary, hey, Gary. That's even funny. the office, there's like one. I don't know why Gary's name's brought up at the office, and I'll just go, Gary, <laughs> who's Gary? <laughs> and only one old timer in the room knows the hell I'm talking. About. Everyone else is like, why does he always? Say that? <laughs> <laughs> so weird. And you're right. He, I mean, he's not young. Uh, he has been in the league for a while. He's 30, and he'll turn 31 during the season. But he is. Um, in terms of physically wise, he's still young. He just, he barely played in the first like four years of his career, five years of his career. So uh, he's physically wise. He's just fine. You know, we, we should pull the Fred up Jackson of of tight ends, basically. We should pull up one of our early era podcasts because we've been doing this podcast. What this we're going in this is our sixth year or fifth year. Um, we tried you were a big yeah. year. Our year one. I was a huge Gary like, Barnes fan. This guy's so talented, and you'd always talk about Barnes. Like, Enough with this Barnage guy. guy. I've been, I've been, I've been He's so good. We gotta get him the ball. It's so good when it touches his hands. <laughs> and now you're you're finally looking like the genius that we know you are, buddy. <laughs> I mean, finally somebody else noticed, and it happened to be freaking Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> How does that make me feel? Not very good. But. Team that he's been on the field, on the team for for three years. Yeah, and they've thrown them all of what. 43 passes prior yeah, to this year? Yeah, like 20 or something. Is this a guy that could fall off the face of the earth and just have one of those? Well, he came out from the depths of the earth to do it, so yeah. <laughs> I guess he's got some risk built in. Sure, but I actually I love the fact that they got RG3. I, 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 RG3, if I remember correctly, threw the tight end quite a bit over yeah. there in Washington. So Yeah, he's the reason we started paying attention to Jordan Reed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- th- I mean, th- th- it can only help if you ask me. It, are they going to? Aren't they going to? Not to talk about the quarterback position, but aren't they going to draft Je- Jeff or Wentz? And if it's, that if that's the case, is RG three the quarterback for a Barnage? Uh, you know, case yeah. study here is RG three going in no matter who, if they draft quarterback or not. I think so. I think so too. Um, I, I think so too, especially with the way that this team is is set up. I, 
I think it would just be a big mistake for them to, to grab a QB and throw him into the fire on this team. He's got to win it. I think they're going to grab a QB with their second pick. I think the RG signing was like, you know what? We've drafted enough friggin' first-round quarterbacks. The, the Mimi, the jokes on that one jersey with all the quarterbacks yeah. in the last. It's like, can we really do this again with the second overall? Let's get at some players. Let's say RG3, a guy that used to be was, was all-world rookie of the year four years ago. And let's let's ride with them, and then if a Connor Cook or uh, Peyton, uh, not Peyton, uh, Paxton, Paxton yeah. is available, or one of these other guys, the Mississippi State dude, um, it just got a DUI. Yeah, why the hell not? Yeah, just, I, just, just, the, I think they're I think they're gonna go that second tier, and if they take a quarterback in the first, do you disagree with me? If taking a quarterback in the first round for them, it, seems, it just seems like. But what if they take a quarterback with pick twenty four overall? Like you're never gonna. Well, I'm have... saying se- I'm saying second round. I'm saying... Well, that's when they seem like they don't want. They've never drafted from the first tier quarterback. Well, they had they, no. couch overall, first overall. Yeah, how long ago was that? It was 1999. It was a while ago. 1999. It was a while ago, but they've done it. No, what then they've done is since is oh let's not take somebody early. Let's wait to pick 24. Trade back into the first round and draft. Let's see. Brady Whedon, Manziel. Manziel, both with 24th overall pick. What, Brady Quinn in the second round? Yeah. Uh, they've tried this thing of okay. picking from the second tier of quarterbacks, okay. and it has bit them in the ass. Like, is that... Is, okay, okay, so then we'll move on from quarterbacks. Sorry to, to no, no, it, but then you're going to have to explain why in the world would they have just gone out and grabbed RG3. Why not? You've got, got to have as many darts in the gun at this point when you're Cleveland. you got to have a guy who can at least... You know, throw the ball well. So let's use our money in free agency to go get a QB. For, and then let's on use one, our top draft pick to on go a one-year deal, when you have that team with as much as they need. When you have, you don't have anything until you have a quarterback. That's it. Here's the only <laughs> reason, and let's move back to. Sorry, to sidetrack. Here's the, the only Ra- reason the why I, I kind of think they're not going to do the quarterback thing for one reason. I think that maybe uh, the new coach is, is bought in, and I, just from what RG three is saying, he's not a guy that. He's saying all the right things. Oh, I'm just excited to be here in Cleveland, and I'm excited if they do it and battle and and, and work with the whatever happens. I'm here. I'm fired up. I know the stories. That's really not the guy he is. So I feel like uh, I'm spacing the new coach's name. Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson. Jackson. Love that guy. Uh, comes in, and I think he just says, you know what? I'm putting my next three years of my career on you. I'm going to say we're going to go and we're going to get this other stuff. Let's do it. Let's get back. I'll put you in the position of the seed. You had Shanahan who hated you. You had or loved you and then hated you. And you had uh, Gruden who hated you. You've been in a bad situation. I know you're a good dude. Let's do, let's make this. And I, I feel like they're going to do that. I don't know. I tear- yeah. Or else he wouldn't have I, signed there. Or else he would have gone to L.A. I, I think that Hugh created this thing with an African-American defensive coordinator, an African-American head coach, an African-American you know, offensive coordinator, that it's appealing to an African-American quarterback to go there and be comfortable. Because, you know, RG3 has been judged in some ways for being, you know, a prototypical black quarterback. Yeah. Like, the guy, all he could do is run, blah, 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 even though he, what, completed 67% of his passes his rookie year with 20 touchdowns and five picks? The guy didn't, wasn't even bred as a running yeah, back. He was a pocket. But I just think that those... Shotgun pocket the, in, in college. Those type of things have led you know to that being a you know place where he can end up. And he's not in the limelight of L.A. The expectations on him are nothing. 
It's pretty much a one-year deal. All the guaranteed money is in year one. Mm -hmm. That's all that really matters. If you want to call it a two-year deal, great. It's really not. Yeah, no. Um, They've got so much money that if you don't want, you know, it's about advertising dollars, too. Think of it. Who can I market more? Can I market Josh McCown or can I market RG3? That that definitely helps. All these could have marketed Johnny Football. I mean, they tried to. They did. They did. (laughs) Did Even he was in rehab. Do you see the Do you see the picture that came out today with Johnny Football? The Latin Kings tattoo. No, that was yesterday. (laughs) Today decided not to retweet it because I'm just sick of fucking retweeting Johnny Football. That's what he wants. He was he's hanging out with. I have no idea what Gordon's doing at a nightclub. This was like early this morning. And Justin Bieber? <laughs> no, Bieber wasn't there. But hanging out with Josh Gordon and uh, Johnny Football, and Johnny Football's flicking flicking off the camera in, in his Instagram. Why is Josh Gordon out in the middle? This is like it this morning. It's like three in the morning. This I, morning. I bet you. What the fuck? I he's bet trying, you. He isn't. He's not, you're not reinstated. Why wow. are you hanging out with Johnny Football? And it, everyone's saying the whole thing out on the Twitterverse and Instagramverse is like basically Manziel's flicking him up and like fuck you, Cleveland. Look, I got, I got, I got Josh with me too. <laughs> I just what the city. hell? He needs to get a new life coach. I, I, bet you, doing yeah. the job. I bet you Josh Gordon then had to take his uh, piss test again today. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, you know what? What Cleveland basically did is they just stole a. Second pick of the draft out of nowhere. Uh, I mean, RG3 was the second pick in the draft a few years ago and still has all the talent in the world, just it didn't work out well in Washington. I don't think Mostly because I, of I think they're going to shock Mostly them all. because I, of, I agree with you. Yeah. Mostly because of injury. Remember uh, three years ago, all him running and he had two catastrophic knee injuries. Yeah, There's no absolutely. one tied to Dr. Andrews more than him. I, I agree with you, dog. I think they're all in on RG3, and I think it's going to be one of those things that's going to pay off. I don't even know it's, it, 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 whether it's all in on RG3 or for not. A, for a finite, least, a finite what, moment. I think time. what they're loving is that they have capable backups. Uh, uh, Josh McCown is a capable backup. They know they're not really going anywhere this year, but they know they have a lot of pieces to fill. I think with that number two pick, after Tennessee maybe takes a tackle or, or whatever, People might be violent. I want this QB right now. I think they can get a lot for it. And I think that they should, to be quite honest. They have so many holes that need to be filled. I don't believe that right now is the time they need to go grab that QB. Uh, there's uh, listen. Uh, some the people Eagles are, are, are saying the they want they want Wentz. They want uh, they're they'll give everything. Somebody's going at that two spot. Do what Washington did to get RG three. But so it's going to be double down on RG3. Like, RG3, we got you, and we're able to get the same situation yeah, 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 yeah. that you got. A later number one, uh, a number one next year, a couple of number twos, and, uh, you know. Bill you know, from I, there. You don't think that'll happen? Probably not. I mean, it's. I do. It's I do. I don't, think, I, I don't think they're going to be all about the quarterback in that first pick. There's too much. But is anybody going to give them that much? But the thing is, if they don't draft a quarterback, who else is? Nobody's going to want to move up to the Cleveland pick because then you actually decrease your demand because you're the second overall pick when people think you're taking a quarterback. How much else? That's why they want people to jump up to number one. That's what the Titans are using as leverage because they're saying Cleveland's taking a quarterback. Yeah. But so if Cleveland's not taking a quarterback and moving out at number two, they're actually decreasing leverage. Like, I like it. We're, we've talked about <laughs> weird science and war games in one uh, football yeah. podcast here. Yeah, All right, I let's get back, you let's get back to tight ends. 
Uh, with, with Matthew Broderick? Oh, yeah. Maybe you have. Yeah. <laughs> you like that. You like <laughs> it. There we go. Let's move on. Anything else to talk about Barnage? No. Gary. No, not really. Gary, I think about Gary the first name. When I think about Barnage, I think about Barnaby's Pizza. So whenever we talk about Gary Barnage, my mind is on a whole... Slurpees at Northbrook Court being poured over from the second yep. floor, and some of the best pizza in <laughs> Northbrook as well. Yep. Gary Barnage, you know it, has some risk, but in the seventh round, like he's a guy who had a thousand yards and nine touchdowns last mm-hmm. year. Like it's worth the risk for me at that point. To where he's usually my tight end target, and he seems to be going later because people have zero level of faith. Yeah. I mean, if you're taking Gary Barnage. I suggest drafting a tight end as a backup, but usually I don't. Like that, I, I'd select another high upside guy if I took Gary Barnage. Can I say one thing on that statement? I can. I say take a backup tight end for everyone except for Olson. I'm all about a good, good taking a good second tight end for backup, and even most leagues now with the flex, uh, it, it's. It's shocking how successful you can be Absolutely. later drafting. Not late, you know, in the in the, in, so in, the in the eleven, twelve, thirteen round, grabbing that second tight end where you're basically taking him or a Sanu. You're taking him and you can you can get value there. So yeah. I like other than Olsen, if I grab Olsen, I'm just basically saying, Alright, I don't I'll need stream it. Whatever but, yeah, I'll stream what's something. going on. But tight end is a position that I'm I'm down with taking two guys in the first thirteen rounds, first twelve rounds. And it it, it, it it can pay up. It can also blow up in your face. I've done it before and gotten zero. <laughs> a couple of years ago, uh, Pitta and Reed both got injured immediately, uh, and I was dead in the water. Like, oh, okay. I There's nothing. nothing that you do that can't blow up in your face. Not True. you personally. Anybody. Yeah, anybody. That, no, you're your, first th- your first three-round running backs. It was on paper after draft day. Everyone's like, fucking dog. And those running backs, holy yeah. crap. Shit on the shit, it's, shit it's, on it. Just there's nothing. Peterson there gone for the year for for switching his kid. Yeah, uh, Giovanni Bernard oh. just absolutely friggin' nothing. Monty Ball, <laughs> God, that was just that year was just the worst. I'd me. rather have shit blow up at me back in the in the twelfth, thirteenth round than in the yeah. beginning. But Luckily, no matter what like you do, what awesome no matter what you later too. No, you're All right, well, let's move on to this. Uh, next up is Julius Thomas and. Don't have much to say about it. To be honest. I mean, the thing is, like targets and touchdowns and things should redistribute sort of towards Julius Thomas's way. Uh, you know, he wasn't one of the highest targeted guys on the team last year, but he should get more targets. Uh, you know, Allen Robinson's not going to get fourteen touchdowns again. Sure, he can score double digits, and Alan Hearns, is he going to score 10 again? No. You know, is you know, Chris Ivory added to the mix going to change things? But he had just, you know, 10 red zone targets last year. Didn't play a ton of games. we got to remember, he missed. He started well, at the beginning of the season hurt. Yeah. This is also another thing you got to take into consideration. That's 10 red zone targets without having a red zone running back. Yeah. That's now true. they have a red zone running back. Oh. Do those targets really go up that much? I mean, I just think he just won a game. You know, 16 targets on the season. Like, that doesn't seem like an incredibly high number, but it just changes things a little bit. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I just think he could be on a pace to where the thing is, 
He's not going to get the 12 touchdowns he got in Denver. But is he going to be close to the yardage he had in his best year in Denver? Could he get 65 catches for like 800 yards and, you know, five, six touchdowns? Absolutely. Like, that's the thing. Like, we're talking tight end eight. And what did tight end eight finish with last year? Finished with, you know, 72 catches for 875 and five. So, like, there's a big sort of gap there, you know? Well, another thing about Julius Thomas, though, that needs to be mentioned, it's kind of the same thing with Reed or whatever. The guy just can't stay healthy. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're hoping for 14 games, you know, and you'll probably more likely get 12. And his, his, his breakout moment was the biggest fantasy football scoring team or Maybe, yeah, maybe the Patriots were a little bit more, but uh, ever. So that was Manning's glory moment that everything in Denver everything was happening. Everything worked out for him, for sure. But He didn't even have to think. It was, so, it was just all talent, raw talent. Now he's kind of got to be a football player. And he's a, bas- and he's a basketball years. player. The thing is that last year was his first year in the Jaguars' offense. Something to be said for that too. Now you got a full year within it. True. You know the guys. You know. You know. You got a camaraderie going on. You know every every route. It makes a difference. Yeah. So I mean, he finished fifteenth last year, and if he played every game, he probably would have been better. And yeah. he's just like that borderline top ten guy, where it's just hard to see him suddenly scoring double digit touchdowns again. That's that's my problem with it. Agreed. Agreed. Um, just so you guys know. Uh, Less over a year ago, three sixteen of two thousand fifteen, in tiers he was ranked seventh in tier three. So Doesn't now, surprise me. And then he got injured and moved him down. Yeah, moved yeah. Down, uh, that's a good point. He we moved him down, but he's. Are you? I, I, do you want him on your team? And I bet you I, I have him. Get him late, if I can get him late enough, sure. I don't know. If I don't have any of those guys, yeah, I mean, I don't mind having him, but. When you're getting down to this range, you want a couple of these guys. See, here's the thing. like, If you're drafting Julius, I want another guy with higher upside, maybe. Or if you're drafting Ertz. Like, like Ertz and Julius Thomas is like right where I want to draft my tight end-ish. I want to get one of those like last guys I could feel could be you know top two or three if everything broke right. But then you know these guys sort of lower down the list, they've all got a lot of question marks. So that's sort of where I kinda, my... I kind of like... I agree with what you're saying. I kind of looking at the list and what you guys have here. The next five or six are a bit more intriguing to me. Agreed. Oh, intriguing is totally different than being slow and steady. Like what's his ADP? Yeah, you're right though. Thomas is very boring when you're thinking about those next guys coming up on the list. I'm but a lot more intrigued. Moving teams always does that. And how often sure. does moving teams work? He is the very beginning of eighth round. Eighth round. Okay. I mean. In, not bad. in not the bad. eighth to tenth round, like a lot of these guys are going to start to come off the board because yeah. everybody's loaded up on it's their true. running backs. And, true. Uh, you know, remember, you know, it's a fantasy football game. People always feel like they have to feel their starters first. So you get your th- two running backs, you get your three wide receivers. Boom, tight end time. You know, I don't know why people feel like that, but a lot of people do. Sure. No, I mean, might be quarterback before that, but great, great division to be playing in. That's for sure. 
You got that uh, New New Orleans thing, and he's in the middle of the road. He's a fifteen or sixteen. 16. Yeah. And they, basically, they're in the say at sixteen across the board, aren't they? They are. They're, they're basically they're, they're, they're like gonna, middle every position. They're right in the middle of yeah, the SLS. Right across the board, right there, sixteen, sixteen. Whatever. So after Julius Thomas, we got what? Running back stuff for them. Zach Ertz. Yeah, Zach Ertz, uh, huge upside, obviously. I mean, he was starting to come on towards the end of the year. They were starting to use him more. Um, he's got, obviously, athletic as hell, and it's a, an interesting skill set that could probably work in this offense. And the thing is that, it's another thing, when you bring a quarterback into a new offense running that, that, that show, things are going to go a little haywire for, haywire for a while. The fact that they started hooking up a lot more towards the end of the year gives you a glimpse at maybe what's going to happen going into the next year. So the fact that those two are really clicking, Bradford and Ertz, at the end of last year, uh, it gives them a lot of upset. They gave him a big contract. They've got a new coach who tends, you know, if he's anything like Andy Reid, they will throw to the tight end. Yep. And Andy Reid supported how many top ten seasons, either from, you know, Brent Selleck or whatever. He seems to do it pretty much every year. You know, support a top 10 tight end. And from weeks 14 to 17, every single week, he was a top positional guy. He was a top 12, seven, second, second, first. Yeah. So he had 39 targets in the last three games. It's insane. And he also just demolishes the Washington Redskins. He did the same thing the year before. That's the thing. Is that that now a trend? But he was also injured going into last season with that hernia injury. True. true so remember, true. he had surgery. So he was the guy we were like unsure about. It's like how, how many healthy games are you going to get out of him? Remember when you, when you used to draft uh, Philip Rivers just so you could have him during December? Yeah. And you'd be able to get him late. Maybe you just get Ertz, and you're like, I don't, I'm not even going to play him until the last four games. Hey, if you want one of these, go for it. Um, one of the things about Ertz, though, that does bother me is that I don't think it matters I, about he'll help get. I mean, I think he's going to get a lot more target stuff this year, but he does seem to have lapses, and it's not even just because he's not getting targets or whatever, but lapses in like concentration. Yeah. He'll just start dropping stuff. He was run, bad run routes, and there was a there's a point where you could tell like, wow, you're like the worst player on the field that I just watched. Yeah, and it, that happens to him sometimes. Hopefully, I don't know, maybe. An extra year under his belt it will change that a little bit. And he, listen, he's a great upside pick, and I hope I can get him later. My guess is that somebody's going to jump on him a lot earlier than I would take him. So, say lovey, uh, you know that. The one that, that thing, I, the one thing I think to that end, there's no question about it. I think at the beginning of the season, he drops a lot of passes. The one thing I'll say, and what is he coming into his fourth year in the league, or is it his third? Fifth. Uh, fifth year now? Is it? Yep. Holy cow. No, 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 no. This is going to be his fourth year. Fourth year, fourth year. The one thing I'll say about him is he looks so friggin' young. Even at Stanford, when he was at the combine that we watched together, when he got drafted, like he finally looks like he like is matured and like in in his fourth year, he finally looks like he's like he's always been a big boy, big body, but. Just yeah. whenever you look at it, like, God, that guy friggin' looks like he's in high school. Even looking at it, he was a basketball player in high school. Um, he said the baby. He looks the same it. then in high school playing, you know, power forward that he did a couple of years ago. Yeah. So I think hopefully he seems just like a guy that's kind of matured. Okay. And I don't know. I. I thought I felt the same way about uh, a guy we're going to talk about in a little bit from uh, the Vikings, uh, Kyle. I felt like he feels the same way. These guys almost—they're like these giant babies. 
Um, so hopefully Ertz can pull it off. But so far, end of the season, dominates. But other than that, uh, can be some pain, it's, it's, painful it's plain and simple. I mean, I don't know if you want to add much to this, but he's a great upside pick. You know, he's got, there's definitely a lot of upside there, but he does have his lapses. And, you know, you could expect during the year a, a couple of just nothings. Absolute nothings from a few, actually, to be quite honest. We'll but, see how the new offense changes that. Though. Yeah, and we got to watch later into the summer and see what's going on in the offense. And I test when you're playing him in some games and you're watching that game and he drops two or three balls that were just right in his hands. You're yeah. like, what? Where the fuck is this guy's mind right now? Yeah. All right, let's move on. Where yeah. are we going next? Next, just, it what hurts. about his it touchdowns? Hurts. Because he's Terrible. had some great seasons. Hurts, uh, real quick. But four, three, and then two last year. But he had 853 yards. Like, can he just put together a couple touchdowns? Like, that, that's the thing that's, you know, concerning. Like, can he get to six? Like, the dude's six, fucking six. 250. He runs well. Why can't he seem to score touchdowns? I don't think he has a mean streak. I think that's kind of what you okay. need in the red zone. Can I say one thing? Out of all the guys we talked about so far... In how we were mentioned earlier, every year there's one guy that kind of lights it up. Could be. I said this last year, and I thought it was last year, and I've been wrong, and fool me once. Uh, fool, I won't do that. Yeah, that's no, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I did it in the, in the, in the blab. Uh, but going, um, couldn't it be him this year? It could. Couldn't it just be like him? Where's his ADP? Where's, where, what's his run? He's end of nine. See, I mean, end and I, that's kind of where that happens. The Jimmy Graham, I would take him there. He was like, in the, that's like end and I, the yeah. upside in that but one. But he's going like, to end up, he's going to end up storming up the boards because he has a nice preseason. Maybe he's going to end up in the seventh round, and then you're going to have like it's a gut check, man up or shut up, right? <laughs> Out of all the guys we talked about right now, though, it feels yeah. Let's go to the next guy, but it feels like he's the guy. And I, again, I know I said this last year, so. Broken record. It's he's the no, guy he's, that seems like it could be his time. It could be. Oh, no doubt. Thing is, I think that a lot of people are re- realizing that, so it's going to be tough to, to. He's not going to be a sleeper that you can get in the 18th, like you can get, like you got Eifert last year in some drafts yeah. if you drafted yeah. early enough. Is uh, Gates uh, going to get? Is Gates doing uh, HGH right now or steroids? Is he? Where is he going to play all the games? I don't give a shit what the hell he does. The guy's a Hall of Famer, and he, he's going. They're going to. This offense is going to go back to what they're good at, and that means a lot of gates. They, they, and he doesn't have to worry about Ladarius Green there anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm psyched for him. I'm, I'm, I think that he's going to do a lot better than you think. He's listen. He's he's no spring chicken. Obviously, the guys, you know, the, the kid spring chicken. <laughs> you know, the, the kids getting up there in age. But, you mean the almost thirty six year old is yeah. getting up there in age? Yeah. Like, but it's like hey. dogmatics running around the football field with how old Gates is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I still got. I don't want to say it, but I got. Well, I guess shit, maybe. But I, uh, Gates, even last year, though, I mean, he was suspended for the first four games, uh, but he played eleven, so he missed one extra game. I think it was week seven. We talked about it earlier, and he was still eleventh total in scoring after missing five full games. And the guy still has it, and that wasn't even that great. Now and that was a bad. That offense was awful last year. And he had his best streak when the offense was fully functioning. 
mm-hmm. in weeks five and six yeah. when he caught nine nine passes each week for ninety two and ninety five yards. Yeah, that's when he had his best success when Keenan Allen was still there. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure he played what seven games last season. Something so. Like that. And uh, yeah, and uh, I mean the running back, and, and you were starting a rookie, and that that wasn't just uh, there was just things like uh, out of his control that weren't working out. This year, he decided to come back, and he's committed to playing. He wanted to come back, and you, if at that age you can retire, or you can say, all right, I'm going to dedicate myself to a couple more years. Yeah, it's nice to get paid, but this is not a kid who uh, who's just going to take the money and sit on his ass. This guy works. He's a hard worker. He's a great player. He's a Hall of Famer. He wants to add to the stats. He wants to uh, hopefully add a ring. You know, I mean, San Diego, I don't think San Diego's going to be able to do that, but they're going to be a much improved team this year. Much improved team. And Gates is going to be a big part of it. And he doesn't have to look over his shoulder at the young Ladarius Green coming in behind him. Now I think, who'd they say? Jeff Cumberland as their second tight end? Dude, uh, Cumberland's a stud. I don't care what any of you guys say. Actually, Cumberland isn't as bad as I think you were trying to uh, hint at right there. Uh, I think you were kind of doing a little tongue-in-cheek thing. But either way, I, I mean, Gates doesn't have to look over his shoulder. He's the man there for a couple more years. And I'm telling you, the, I think the guy's going to produce. I have him ranked at 8. I know you have him 14, but I got him top 10. And if Here's the thing. All the other guys I have ranked ahead of him, I just want to pick more. Like, I want to pick Kobe Fleener more. I want to pick Austin Severian Jenkins more. I want to pick Ladarius Green more. Like, he, But like, why? And my, my question is why? So you could say that I got them when they had their breakout season? I'm telling you, even those guys' breakout seasons right now, I don't think that Ebron's breakout season this year or Fleener's season or Safari Jenkins, for that matter, I don't think their season's going to be as good as Antonio Gates' season this next year. Okay, that that's your opinion. Mine is... You know, he played 42% of the team's snaps, but those take into account games missed. So if you look at it, he played about 45 snaps a game. He's not that guy who's playing every single snap anymore. And a lot of these other guys, we're also talking about specialty players sort of in this range. Talking about specialty receivers. Sort of, that's what makes them a little bit different than guys above them. They're sort of sub-package tight ends when, hey, we need the receiving guy in. You know, that's what makes all these guys sort of different than the guys in that top, you know, 10 or so that that are on the field pretty much every snap. I just don't know that everything's going to come together and he's going to have a Tony Gonzalez-like walk-off into the sunset. How many touchdowns do you think he's going to get? I'm going to guarantee Seven or eight. I'm going to guarantee eight. Oh, dog's going out on a limb. Yeah. I'm going to guarantee at least eight. Okay. I, I I like I like your your shook spot here. It's uh, I don't he's value pick. He's, he's, he's going to be going in the eleventh round. Yeah, he's going to be a great pick. I'm telling you, ADP value. He's going to be in the green. I'll tell you that right Look now. Look at this offense now: Keenan Allen, Stevie Johnson, Travis Benjamin. Uh, you got Mar- uh, uh, Melvin Gordon and uh, Danny Woodhead out there. Those are things that you have to pay attention to. Gates is going to go under the radar. And yep. he's going to get his. Believe me, Rivers loves him. Rivers knows that he's buttered his bread forever. And I'm telling you, it's going to be at least eight touchdowns, that guy. Who else besides maybe Keenan Allen is a touchdown guy down the red zone? It's Gates. Danny Woodhead. will get his, too. I, of course, Woodhead will get his. SOS, never go against that guy. SOS for tight end, nine. He's a, he's a top ten guy. Good situation. Hey, I, I, I don't put anything past him. He's... 
He's got he's like probably, losing he's schedule going too. And, I mean, they had such a terrible record last year. It was a, I mean, it's a, it's a win for this guy, man. He came back for a reason, and he didn't come back to suck. He's got. He's, right he knows he's a Hall of Famer. He he's gone. He's got two, three years max. I could see him working really hard and knowing that. Got good. Green. I could also I'm see him weighing 280 pounds, like not he looked yet, like he not weighed yet. last season. Not yet. Not yet. I he yeah. sort of did last season. He I don't know. Did a bit last season, but. but that was after he got busted for trying to not weigh 80 pounds and doing drugs. And yeah. he's like, "All right, fuck. Uh, All right, Oreo cookies. I'm doing right. triple dunks." Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now we're entering the prime. Tight end talking about zone, and we're already an hour and a half into the show. The breakout so that, zone. <laughs> that's Belverde-esque. <laughs> that's sort of how that works. <laughs> um, it's not, hey, by the way, it's nice to have you throw on something besides a monster during a weeknight. Yeah, I got shit to so do. what happens when you're moving, I guess. I'm going to group, let's group them together, throw them all out there. Breakouts? The next well, three let's guys? just go through them and go through them a little quicker. I think the next guy we got on there is Ebron, who you mentioned before. Think with Ebron, it goes back to strength of schedule. Uh, no, it just goes back to losing Calvin Johnson. I don't believe Marvin Jones is all that great. He showed more red zone chops than anybody else. Because let's see, I don't know if Golden Chate has red zone chops. I don't think TJ Jones has red zone chops. Uh, you know, we got to see what they've got from the running backs. I don't know if any of those guys got any red zone chops, but Eric Ebron had a little bit. <laughs> I mean, Marvin Jones showed one season, I mean one game, of red zone chops. Um, but but outside of that, who's going to score a touchdown? Because this is a team that's going to move it up and down the field. They're going to throw it so many times that it's ridiculous. So you're just going to think, you know, losing Calvin Johnson in his 150 targets by himself, who's picking up the slack? Because they're not all going to go to pick up some slack, for sure. I think, I think he's this, the, I think he's the biggest beneficiary of the retirement. I think opinion. the offense is... Uh, I think it's not going to be as pass-happy as you think. I think they're going to start to move towards more of a running game. Have you seen Amir Abdullah try to run the ball 20 times? Who's going to run the ball? Didn't they just sign another running back? Stephon Ridley. Ridley. They already had Zenner, our most so, guy. So, so and you they got Amir Abdullah, the guy who's pretty much gotten benched all the time last season for fumbling. You bring in the guy who fumbles more than Amir Abdullah, and he's going to be the workhorse. Well, I think I think all those guys are catch. All, but all those guys are catching running backs at this point. There's yeah, not, there's uh, not a, outside there's not a running back they have that's a running running back. Well, Listen, why is that? They're going to run more. They don't. Oh, I'm just saying that doesn't help. I'm saying that doesn't help. Ebron. There's a lot of they out of the don't backfield. have no. Calvin Johnson to depend on, and they're going to find out real quick. And I'm not talking about in the regular season. They're going to find out in the early preseason. They're going to find out in practices. We're not a passing team anymore. Holy shit, we don't have Calvin Johnson? What the fuck are we going to do? Golden Tate is not that good, guys. He's not. He's good, I'll tell you that right now. Marvin contact, Jones is but... better than he is. Marvin Jones is going to beat Golden Tate when it comes to fantasy points this year. I guarantee that, too. Golden Tate is not that good. Uh, Marvin Jones is at least an up-and-coming, a young, hungry kid. Golden Tate's just an egomaniac who can't do shit without somebody else beside him. And I'm telling you right now, he's he's going to show that this year. So in every game that he's been better without Calvin Johnson beside him, he's had somebody beside him? That was an anomaly. That was a complete and utter anomaly playing against the Bears. Did you see the teams that he played against? Go ahead and look that up. It was literally the worst 
teams in the entire league that he played against a guy. Well, let's make sure. Let's make sure we 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 move we move quicker. Ebron is going to be without question. He's going to between benefit. now and the start of the NFL season be one of the five top tight ends that we are going to pontificate and argue about unquestionably outside of just a tight end podcast because he is that unknown. He is that guy that could be top three if he does replace and do what Stags thinks he might. And I kind of agree. I, I'm, I'm, I'm torn. And as well, if, if Ebron does kind of just keep doing what he's doing, he's going to quickly talk himself out of being talked but about the, on our podcast. But the thing is... If we just he, don't know. The thing is, if he does exactly what he did over a full season, he'd be a top ten tight end. And we wouldn't be that yeah. mad about it. Because he finished, what, 13th last season in 14 games? Like, it's, I got you. it's but, not but, that far but off. It, but is it because, does, does Calvin help him? Does Calvin hurt him? You think uh, you think Marvin's going to be better? Who knows? The it doesn't one thing matter I, who's better between the wide receivers. I just think Ebron will get more. He will get more. He, he's no getting, question. I no think question. he gets like 30 more targets. I think he surpasses 100 targets. And that means he's going to get 65 or so catches. This is a guy who was a top 10 overall pick in the NFL draft. No doubt. But this, is a guy, sure. he, but this is a guy that's been a, a, a drop, heavy, heavy player. So if he comes out in the season and is just out of his mind and not playing and concentrating, then it moves. the, the boat moves on. Caldwell's like, all right, putts. But the thing I love about it in general, it, going back to dogs, number six, uh, Stafford. Who isn't isn't he's bummed out? Calvin Johnson's gone. But let's be honest. Last two years, Calvin Johnson hasn't been that remarkable. Anyways, right now, it almost in some way, I bet you, for Stafford relieves a little bit of pressure because now he doesn't have to zone. Now he can just wing it. He can just put it where it needs to go. And does that help you, Brown, or not? I don't. Know. I, don't I don't know if that helps Matthew Stafford. Is the real question? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I I, just, I, 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 to be honest, last night in doing my uh, my tears, I was working on the the quarterbacks and the tight ends, and Stafford moved up a lot of slots for me, and that's weird. But I just feel like sometimes when you don't have to rely on one thing and you have to f- focus, and it's your job to lock in on the one of the best players, the position ever, it kind of frees you to be like, you know what. Every play, I can look around the field and get it to where it needs to go. He's just a guy who looks at one receiver. That's how he plays, though. Yeah, maybe, that, but is that is that because he had no? Because he did it with Golden Tate too when Calvin Johnson was out. Like he just looks at one player. That's how his progressions have always gone. So He's you're like, hoping it's e- that player's Ebron. You're hoping it's. Uh, I think Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones is going to be the, the man next year. I think this whole team goes down. By the way, I, I think well, I'm they, not. I'm not definitely disagreeing with that. Twelve. I, th- I think they're going to have four twelve. Yeah. All thing, right, let's move on. The one yeah, thing I like about Eric Ebron, he is younger than most players entering the draft this season. Yeah, he is. He's going to be 23 in four days. Say the sixth. Yeah. He'll be 23 in four days. I He's hope you're right. Team. You've been liking Ebron for years, though. You've been the Ebron Jock Rider. Listen, the kid, the kid definitely has talent. Um, yeah, uh, yes. I don't think that's true. Last year you were on him. He's going to benefit. From, uh, he's going to benefit. I like your reason. I like the youth. Let's Moving on. on. This, Leaner. I this, this, I think this is more. I, I, he has somehow moved up my boards quite Why a bit. Why wouldn't he? Breeze. Yeah, and the Breeze. That offense. offense. Talk about another team that's got nothing. 
It's him and it's Cooks. Fleener just had a great like running game. Guys. I have never seen a tight end ever run out of bounds instead of lowering his shoulder and putting a hit on to get a couple extra yards like he does. I've never seen anything like that. He <laughs> pl- he plays like a a five foot eight hundred seventy pound wide receiver. That's the way he plays, and it's I hate watching him. Absolutely hate it. He just happens to be in the probably premier offense. Maybe top two or three premier offense for a tight end, and that's what's going to obviously make him jettison up to the top twelve type of guys. And that's that's the only thing. But that guy is the excuse me biggest fucking pussy I have ever seen as a tight end ever. Not ever. He's a weenie. He left. And he was calling out the other team on no one once luck went down, no one playing, and the guys in the locker room were like, "But you're gonna start talking shit now? Talk when then?" Yeah, he is. He's a big weenie. Yeah, and he essentially has the greatest forehead of any player in the history <laughs> of the NFL, besides Peyton Manning. I don't know. I'm looking at this. Can you name a? I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen somebody a tight end play like that. Can you name a softer tight end? Ladarius <laughs> Green. <laughs> That's a good one. Ladarius Green. Uh, we'll Jared, see. We'll Jared see Cook is playing for Pittsburgh. That'll yeah. be interesting. We'll see. I'm a not on. Well, we'll, t- we'll get. Let's get. Here's there. the thing. 177 targets between Ben Watson and Marcus Colston are now gone from the Saints. Some of those are gonna go to Kobe Fleener, and a lot of them are. A lot of them are. Maybe another so they, 110. They, they matched on Hill, though, right? They matched on Hill. Yeah, but Josh I, Hill's still if there. they didn't do that, Fleener would have been. It would have yeah. But they don't play a lot of two tight end sets, anyways. I mean, uh, between the two guys, you know, Fleener's gonna be the guy. He got the big bucks. Brandon Coleman will get some. But Maybe he's, he's a real yeah. super poor man's Colston. Uh, but yeah, no, it'll mostly be Fleener getting it for sure, and, and that's why getting he's some more right and Cooks getting some more, and maybe more to the running backs. You know, Mark Ingram getting a ton. We like, got Fleener Green, sir. He's sorry to be 11, ADP, but where's Fleener going? Because that's another... Uh, we're, I was just talking about... He was going in the same range as Zach Ertz in the ninth round. So, Kobe it's, Fleener or Zach Ertz? Those guys, those guys both have the ceiling high, the hatred's high, <laughs> <laughs> the ugliness is high, the whiteness is high, I'm not high, which sucks, <laughs> um, but we'll see. It's it's good to see actually that the fantasy community is is seeing where the breakouts can be, putting Fleener and and uh, Ertz right in that same zone. I, where's Ebron and next guy we're going to talk about here? Safarian Jenkins. Thirteen for Ebron, eleven for ASJ. Okay, so Ebron's a little farther down. Uh, I think uh, understandably so, but it's uh, he's right there in the breakout range too. He, I wouldn't have a problem taking him in the ninth. ASJ, same thing. Uh, the same exact thing there. It's a super tough schedule for the QBs, for the, for the receiving, basically, uh, when it comes to, to, to Tampa Bay. They're going to have to be running that ball a bunch. And, you know, I, I, you know Jameis, he's, I mean, he, he's going to be looking for him a little bit more this year, that's for sure. they got a real tough schedule for, the, to, for those wide receivers. So, ASJ is going to get his due. And the kid's definitely got talent. He's big enough to uh, be a target out there, too. He's super big. <laughs> I mean, he's a giant out there, and he's amongst giants. I mean, Evans and uh, Mike Evans and he's Vincent He's 265 Jackson. pounds. 
Yeah, and he's like he's six, like six, he's like bigger six, than offense. Six six, yeah. Six six, yeah. I mean, bigger than offensive lineman, and he's young too. Super young. Yeah. Not as young as Ebron, but he's got a ton of potential too. Uh, it's it's it'll be interesting because it's I don't know. I, I haven't seen the love between him and uh, Winston yet. The thing is, also week he, one, week one it happened. Last year, week one, he had the five. five didn't have Mike Evans. Mike Evans was out that game. Yeah. The thing is, basically, he's played in one full season. He hasn't had a ton of reps True. under his plates. He hasn't been on the field that much with injuries. So he's one of these guys in this area that's got a lot of injury risk with him. And, you know, we don't think the offense is going to be great in Tampa Bay suddenly. So how many question or how many touchdowns can he get? I mean, he got four and sort of thirty nine targets last year, which is a pretty high percentage. And ten percent of your targets go for touchdowns. That, that's insane. And he's only really caught you know half of his targets. So he's a guy who's not very sure handed. You could say that. And he he's just got some more holes for me that he's not a guy in this range of Kobe Fleener, Eric Ebron. You know, Ladarius Green that I'll be going for. Here's my one thought on the position, I guess, and and, and you brought it up with Ebron, and I I think that's something you got to pay attention to. It doesn't mean it's going to be pay off and pan out, but this is a guy that was an early second round pick. He's a high draft pick. He's a younger guy. This is what it's going to be his third year, I think. Yeah. Uh, started so when they do that, when teams go and not that Lovey's around anymore. Uh, but when when a player's drafted really high at the tight end position, it does give him a little bit more of a shelf life and a necessity. Just at that position, out of the skill positions, uh, out of any, any any skill position, when you're getting a, when they're saying we're taking you, he was like what six? Is uh, a thirty eighth pick uh, in a, in a draft. I think, and, he, and, he, and he's got that size, got that specimen. So I think they'll try and get it going, but. Dog, again, I can't stress it enough. The strength of schedule, it's worrisome for anything passing on that team. Uh, and this guy hasn't shown that he's some sort of, like, you know. Yeah, I mean, his particular schedule is, for tight ends, relatively easy. But like we were talking about earlier, tight ends is very hard to predict, especially year to year. It's, uh, it's a lot easier to p- predict QBs, running backs, and, and wide receivers. There's very there's a lot of consistency when it comes to corners and coverage um, or uh, defensive fronts that you're going against, or uh, even for, even for QBs, it's it's even easier. And that it's a little different when it comes to tight ends, though. But he is top five. He's a five, fifth easiest schedule. But QBs got the very toughest. The wide receivers have the absolute toughest. And the running backs have the absolute easiest. So it's, I, I don't know, it's kind of a give and take there. It's, it'll be interesting. I, I'm interested to see Upside's them. huge. Upsides, I think the upside is there for sure. It's upside is right there to be a starting uh, fantasy tight end in a 12-man league. Possibly even a 10-man league. Who knows? But it's, it's right in that zone. The thing is, I just think he's not going to be a guy who catches, you know, 75 passes for 900 yards. He's gonna be more of those guy, one of those guys who catches maybe, you know, fifty for seven hundred, but he scores like ten touchdowns. Like I think he's got more touchdown upside than a lot of these other guys we're talking about. But I don't know if he's gonna get the consistent targets and yardage 
that some of these other guys would talk about will. Isn't the na- isn't that the nature of these beasts like an Eifert, like him? Are they able to go out every friggin' play and keep catching passes? And it's kind of like, hey, just do your thing, get going, and when we get down there, we're going to get... So I totally agree with you. Like, isn't that kind of when you've got Dude, that big, enormous body? He it's like, is exactly like... Hold um, yourself till we need you. Well, I mean, I, we were just talking about him a little while ago, like the Marvin Jones factor. He will end up way up in the you know in the end product yeah. of you know he'll end up like top fifteen, top twelve, top even maybe even top ten. But it's maybe just because of two, three blow up games that he just goes berserk. He catches two touchdowns and happens to catch six passes for you know eighty five yards or something like that. That's that's what's going to happen for him a couple of games. But then he'll have a lot of shit games because listen, they actually have talent on that offense. Doug Martin can play, man. That kid, that kid can really play. Charles Sims can really play. Mike Evans is going to get better. The, the hope, hopefully those drops are a thing of the past. We're talking about wide receivers next yeah. week, so tune into that one too. But I, I, listen, the kid, he's got talent, but I think he's more of like you better pick him the right week type of guy. Love it. Here's what I'll say about those next, uh, those last five players: Ertz, Gates, Ebron, Fleener, and Safarian Jenkins. Could be a lot of enjoyment there. Could be a lot of heartache. But if you can get them in the value, if you can get them in the ninth round or after, it might be worth the risk. There's something there out of those five guys that's exciting at that at this position. And as we move to the next guy who we're not going to talk about, I, 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 I promise you, we're going to talk about this guy for one minute because there's gonna, we need to find out a lot more about Jimmy. Graham. <laughs> I got I, honestly. Let's just go, let's just. We, there's too much. There's too much patellar tendon having surgery. A lot of question marks for me when there's all these guys with tons of upside in an offense that looked better without him. I won't take the chance on drafting Jimmy Graham, and that might seem crazy, especially at his current ADP of seventh round, ahead of Ugh. all. That's terrible. I was hoping you were going to say seventeenth. Yeah, I was thinking thirteenth. I was like, yeah, take him, take a chance. I mean, I have, ADP, I have. He's atrocious. going ahead of Julius Thomas. <laughs> oh um, I, I would can't wait for everyone in my league to make that pick. I can't. I, I would take a chance on him in the seventeenth, but yeah. not before then. Thirteenth. Seventeenth is the thirteenth. Like the thirteenth. I'm thirteenth. Like, like the twelfth. You know, like the last one of my picks. Thirteenth. Like he's gonna be a tight end two draft for me. Um, it's not a good pick. It matters. could be. He's gonna. Why? That's the thing. Be, because that's why we can't Jimmy talk Graham about it. getting back on the field. It could be good things. Because Jimmy Graham has had the second best tight end season of all time. Completely healthy. Yeah. On Seattle last year. He sucked. (laughs) Completely healthy. (laughs) But did he? I mean, how bad? I think we're overblowing how bad he was. Yeah, maybe a little bit. but Well, because you were taking the the seventh round. He was the 12th tight end in fantasy points per game. Okay. In a game, in a game that he got injured in too. Here's what. Here's my take on it. Was there one blow? I want. Game I want an individual. Kind of? uh, no, he had a eight for one forty, and then he had a six for fifty one in week one with a touchdown and a seven for eighty three. Like he had some good weeks, but then most of the time he was three for forty, four for forty, and it was like, ooh, this isn't the Jimmy Graham I know. The volume wasn't there, you know. But if you were watching those three catches for forty yards. 
Whoa, there was a lot of animation. He just he just won the Super Bowl on each of those 10-yard catches. <laughs> doing forward slashes like, I'm doing flexing. Hey, and I love every it. other I love, play, I love, it was yeah. like he was strolling through the mall. And pissed off. Oh, and you, oh I don't oh, look. Diamonds? Exactly. Oh, no. My wife needs one of those. Uh, Here's what I'll say with him. And I want to hear your take on it, stag party, and let's just move on. Because there's so much we need to find out about his health before we can really fully uh, peel the onion on him. This guy feels like from one year ago, and Houdini, it's nice he's not, he, he's not here right now, was high on him. He feels a lot like Victor Cruz a year ago. Today. Sure, because they had the same injury, that's it. But everyone was like, yeah, he's going to be back. Oh, he's just going to be Victor Cruz. It's all name. And Victor Cruz didn't play. And my thought is that eh, I don't think he's really going to play I'm this tempering year. my expectations. I don't think Definitely. you're high on him. I'm just saying. I, I, I don't say I want to hear your opinion on it because I think you're high on him. But I think he's this year's Victor Cruz where the namesake. This Listen, this guy has, what, three or three of the top ten Tight end seasons of all time for fantasy football. He's probably got three. Two of the, of the top, top five. Two of the top five. Yeah. The thing is, he's the last guy to have over two. He's, he's the last guy to have over two hundred. Uh, in two thousand thirteen. Thirteen. That's the thing. Like Doug Baldwin, who Doug is Baldwin. just another guy who's good. He's not great. Doug Baldwin's not a fourteen touchdown guy. Somehow caught 14 touchdowns last season, and most of them came after Jimmy Graham was gone. Jimmy Graham had two, but he had 600 yards in 11 games. So I just think that if he came back and played a whole season, he could be very valuable. Now, if we hear he's going on the pup, then I could temper my expectations. Are we already hearing that? I mean, we're hearing his rehab's going great, but then we're hearing his he could be out in the pup, you know? Like, it's too early to tell. Exactly. For where, I, like, if you're drafting Jimmy Graham now in MFL 10s, it's got to be real late. Late. Like, 18th round. Yeah. Like, that's it. I agree. He's another guy. We'll talk about him. As plenty. of today. Yeah. This could change completely, though. And he's a specimen. Let's be honest. He's a specimen. Tight end. One of the best fantasy tight ends in the history of fantasy tight ends. We don't want to discredit that. Serious injury. One of, it's, one it's, of the it's most the worst, serious. It's the worst injury that you could want for a six foot seven man who uses that height and his ability to run around to jump. To, yeah, to jump uh, to to perform to his best to, to to make him the best fantasy player that he can be for your team. It's the worst injury that you could imagine for somebody to have, and I just I just don't believe he'll be either the same coming back or even come back at all. That's it. Yeah. I, I I agree. I'm worried about him. Victor Cruz this Val. year. Tight end. Val, Val. old pile style. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, Dogmatica, you're drinking some old style. That drinking I am. a nice 16 ounce bomber. Yeah, not even. But it's not even croisin anymore. You know they stopped croisining. Old style. I don't even know what croisining means. Yeah, neither do I. But they stopped doing it. They stopped. They stopped <laughs> doing it. Still yeah. tastes the same. Still tastes the same. So croisining must not meant shit. <laughs> Tonight I am drinking Pipeworks Brewing Company, uh, nice Chicago company. They're uh, they're a hot one. Basically, they're like the next three Floyds. I'm drinking a Ninja vs Unicorn Double India Pale Ale. Good times. 
I double IPAs don't smell that great, but God, they taste good. <laughs> they buzz you heavy. Um, Stag Party's got Dosakis, and you didn't you didn't ask for any more. I, I, you were done. I'm, I'm going to turn on the fast forward a little bit. Like, yeah, hit it. Really fast. Hit it. Cool. Yeah. I think that these guys can be talked about, but let's just get through them a little bit quicker than hit we it. have been. Dwayne Allen, perfect situation for him. Finally, all right. He'd say he doesn't have Kobe Fleener anymore. They decide. You're the one we want in Indy. We don't want Fleener anymore. Let's see what we can do with you. Do I think it's going to turn him into the end-all, be-all? No. But he definitely has a lot of potential. The kid can score touchdowns, and he can block. He had a lot more of a full-package skill to him than Fleener did. Glad, very happy that the Colts kept him instead of Fleener. I think he's a way better tight end, and I think he's going to show it this next year. Anybody else got something to say? Here's the thing. He played in pretty much every single game last season and did nothing. Like, I couldn't even... That's because of what they played him as. They have no more Fleener. No more Fleener. Totally different. Here's the thing. I think this offense changes from a sort of two tight end set, the 12, and I think it goes to more three wide receiver... To, to where they get Dorsett more involved, who they paid up for. You know, now with no Andre Johnson, now you got T.Y. Hilton, Philip Dorsett, and Dante Moncrief, probably the fastest trio of wide receivers in the league, just to run around with Allen underneath, you know, catching dump offs. Like, he could take that, that right running back dump off that Ahmad Bradshaw was so good on and be decent. The thing is, he averages 10 yards a catch. You know, there's 84 targets from Fleener vacated, you know, there for him to get. But I, unless he's scoring the 10 touchdowns he did a couple years ago, I just don't trust his overall game. Because touchdowns are so variable from year to year that I don't trust that number coming out and, and showing he's, up. he's injury prone for a, for oh, a big, for sure. big strong dude. I, I, here's the uh, last I'm, thing we're going to say about Allen, uh, because I think we got a really hype Um I think that you, there's something to be said for looking at things from the actual player's perspective. He had a chance to go somewhere else and even get more money. Uh, and he, actually, he if got you, paid. I think that he was promised a bigger role and he, promised. He was. He was promised that. To, to, uh, sure, to but be able how to much showcase bigger? his talents. Because they wasted him. They wasted. He could. Honestly, I, he has a lot of pride. I know this guy. This guy is a serious baller. You know, he wants to be playing out there. He wants to be contributing to this office. But he took that back seat role to Kobe Fleener going out on every pattern. So he could sit there and block for Andrew Luck. He was promised something that he, I, I think that it was behind closed doors. I don't care what was said in the media lately or whatever. But he got paid. He stayed. And I think that he was promised a role that he could show off his talents and not just blocking anymore. Because that kid paid. is talent. That he kid stayed. has a lot of talent. And he's going to get laid. The question I got for you is, I should know this, uh, we posted it last week in Pyro Pro, Chuck Strong still there? Yeah. Yeah. What's the odds of Chuck Strong being the coach of the team? Pretty good, because they just signed him. No, yeah. week five. They just, they just re-signed him? What? Yeah, but I don't know. If they go, if they have a bad start of the season, you know. Pretty good, because they just re-signed him? Yeah, they're the re-signing thing, but I, I would agree with you otherwise, um... But they did bring in, you know, who brought who's brought in midseason, Rodzinski, who's a tight end guru. Yeah. The thing is, he played in twelve games last season and finished as tight end sixty. Like his his role could be bigger, but could it be bigger to where he just Top gets thirty? To where, yeah. To, remember his high so far in his Sorry, career guys. is this six is six, foresight. 
Don't just judge on the past. I like it. That you like got to have the shortest memory ever in fantasy football if you want to win. Dwayne Allen is one of those type of guys that you got to have that foresight. I, I like. I, I like. I like that. that I process. cannot. I, the other guys all have predictable yards. They all have predictable targets. I don't think Dwayne Allen has a predictable target share in comparison to his team. That these other guys do. They want to reel in Andrew Luck. They want him to sit there in the pocket. They want him to get rid of the ball quickly. They want him. that's Dwayne. That's why it's Allen. going to be a three I tight love, end set. I love the three this wide receiver set. We got a lot of time to talk about this. Let's reel it in. Smell us. This was hyper hyper round hyper right. round for Pyro. Just so you know, is seven minutes. The <laughs> Darius Green, go hate him. Hated it. Why? You just hate him. Because <laughs> he's always sucked. Why is he not going to suck now? I, I mean, listen, I, we talked about the tight end strength of schedule, but when you have the absolute toughest or the absolute easiest, there is a difference there. He has the toughest schedule in the entire league, and he couldn't quite do it when uh, Gates was out. He was okay. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. This is the position I said at the beginning of the show, and everything you said and everything you said, I think we all agree. This is a football position. This is a tough position. This is a position where you are a football player, or you're in a situation that maybe you can shine in a couple of fleeting moments. This guy has not come off to me as being a football player. He's not. He's not. Not going to bring you the promised land. If you draft, if you draft him and think that he's going to be a top five, even. In my opinion, top 10 tight end. I think you're off. Um, on the flip side, uh, it's, they lost Martavis Bryant. And Ladarius Green is going to take up a lot of slack there. They're going to hope for him to be able to take up a lot of slack, slack there. He is extremely athletic. Uh, and he will work well out of that spot within that offense. Um, it's just it's just a really tough schedule for him, and I looked at that schedule, and they're tough what, against. The they wide, really what's, are. what's the wide receiver strength schedule? One number easiest. one easiest. Oh, so the position they also plan to use him at wide receiver is the easiest, and tight end is the hardest. So he gets a little bit of a evening out Middling there because he's going to get split out. They've already said they they're going to split said. him out. So uh, without Gates last season. What, what did he do? He averaged nine fantasy points a game? Yeah, he did pretty well, actually. Uh, they were three touchdowns in five weeks, you know, 259 yards. Uh, but basically, they vacated between Martavis Bryant. 259 yards in, in those five weeks? Yeah. Okay. So I'm uh, making sure good. it wasn't on the season. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> just those five weeks. Just those five weeks, boys. But without Mar- Martavis Bryant and without Heath Miller, who were Big Ben's you know, favorite red zone threats outside of Antonio Brown. Because Antonio Brown's going to get hit. I am not discounting that at all. He was second in red zone targets in the league. But they lose Martavis Bryant and Heath Miller. Basically, these guys were targeted 16 times for Bryant. It was within the 20 last year. 14 times for Heath Miller. That's 30 red zone targets to go around. So he's going to have a chance to score some touchdowns. Absolutely. Um... You know, and the targets, 92 for Martavis Bryant and 81 for Heath Miller. Like, the the role he is stepping into is bigger than any other players in the league that we've talked about. One one the thing, just to use your use your, your approach, Le'Veon Bell will be back. Hopefully he plays yeah. all the time. Do you think 
And I just want to ask, just just player, just player type. Do you think Ladarius Green? And you know, guys, you guys know I'm a hater, so I'm, I'm not trying to spell a. No, spell you're trying any, to go to the. No, I'm trying. To, do you think he's a Pittsburgh Steeler type of player that when Big Ben would drop back and the catches that Heath Miller would have, he would just gun it in like Heath low and hard. Heath would catch it, and you only get six yards. Do you think? Do you think he's really gonna win Big Ben? This this franchise, you think he's a stealer? Uh, I don't. I don't. You know what? I'm, Can I'm anybody say that one? <laughs> I'm rooting. I can't. I'm, I'm a heart guy. A heart and soul. I'm a football guy. I'm an eye guy. He's not a stealer. I just don't think Big Ben's going to be in his 15 pounds lighter. He's going to be dropping back and be like, yeah, I'll throw it to this guy that likes to drop balls and is kind of a puss. So, Martavis Bryant? He's <laughs> kind of the similar player? <laughs> yeah. They Martavis both have drops. Bryant, Martavis Bryant, let's go back to the most talented player in the league. He's top five. There's a big difference. He's gone. Doesn't mean okay. anything. Ladarius Green is a top skill, five most talented tight end. Why? He does. He Athletic. Actually, why? I actually wrote an article for us about it's, three years ago. It's based ago. on why? How has that been validated? With Martavis Bryant validated. He's averaged 20 yards a catch from the tight end position. How many points is, is this? I'm not going to get into the Ladarius Green, how many points and how underwhelming has he been for the last five seasons? You can talk about the, the measurables, you can talk about whatever, but it's been underwhelming across the board. So in 13 games, he finished with .2 points less than Kobe Fleener last year. Okay, great. Let's talk about his career. I'm talking do, about two tight ends do you're anything. Trying, you're trying to compare him to Martavis Bryant, who in two years has yeah. had some of the most unbelievable numbers. Yeah, okay, so they're not comparable. Okay, but there okay. is played behind the, one of the greatest tight ends to ever play the entire game. And then uh, when yeah. Antonio Gates didn't play, his splits are insane. He averages five catches for 70 yards a game yeah. with a half a touchdown. All when right, Antonio Gates insane. hasn't played, like. I mean, you I'm put not, that over. Yeah, I'm you not, put that out over but a just year. Remember, that's a just thousand remember, yards, one thing you said. Touchdowns. Remember, you've got Bell back. Yeah, it's a different deal. You got the best back. You have do have the best backfield in the NFL. Okay, but they had D'Angelo there, who was a suitable replacement, and who still had a ton and I'm of red zone. Him in the best back. I know, but who also had a ton of red zone carries. So it's not like suddenly those red zone carries are going to change because they still ran the ball on the red zone last year. Alright. I mean, wh- okay, what? let's move on. D'Angelo Williams scored another than Le'Veon Bell did on the ground. Let's be honest. This <laughs> is the beauty about this. Ladarius Green, another guy. We're going to have a lot of time. Me and Stag Party will get heated. 177 on vacated targets. Ladarius that Green. Martavis Bryant, like before, when it was just Heath Miller gone, didn't like him nearly as much. Now that Martavis Bryant's gone. Have you, like, been, but you, you've, been reading, you've been reading the mock drafts. From experts, none of them are the same, but everyone has them taking in the second round a replacement wide receiver. Every one of them. I I, I don't see that, but okay. They are. I mean, they they have different. They're saying, yeah, they're basically saying, fuck this guy. Sammy Sammy Coates is legit too. Sammy Coates is legit, but he's a one trick pony. Sammy um, Coates is not legit. Let's move on. He is. From he's Pittsburgh. A, no, he's not. Uh, ben Watson, on. and I like him, but that doesn't help your cause. But 177 targets. They're not all going to Ladarius Green. All right, let's move on. I'm going to summarize Ben Watson. He's really old. He's playing on a team that... Is he older than you? No, he's not. Uh, fuck. 
I can't believe you just said it that way. I just said he's really old, and you just asked. We're the same age. Fuck yeah, that's true we are. Um, actually, you're older. Oh goddamn! I'm still only forty-two. Why did they sign him? I can't tell you. That was a weird signing. Let's just move on because Ben Co- Ben Watson is not going. Ben Coates. Uh, it, it is weird. Um, it was a that weird they signing. I mean, and Max Williams. Maybe they just didn't feel was ready. And uh, it's Crockett Gilmore's got that big injury, so maybe they just want a better Pitt presence there. Ain't gonna do it, but it was it was kind of a weird. The thing is, they used a tight end a lot there, so he will get hits. It's I mean, it's not gonna he's not gonna end up. I don't think top ten or any top twelve or anything like that, like he did last year. Are you, are you drafting Ben Watson over Ladarius Green? No, not a chance. No, I, I, you know what? Your I, rankings say that. I already changed. <laughs> it. I, know, I already changed. It. I already changed. It. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and the thing I is, I can't like, wait to show you how much I changed it. The thing is, Ben Watson. Mine say it too. Is just. But I'm not doing that. Is just. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. He's, ben Watson has been surpassed by how many young guys in his career. There was just nobody else in New Orleans. But how many times did he get passed by Jordan Cameron yeah. in Cleveland? How many times did he get passed by more athletic guys even before Cleveland in New, New England? England. Yeah. Like. Everywhere he's gone with younger guys, he's gotten passed up with these the, younger the, guys. The, like, you, you, you can't take anything away from the guy because he really is a good tight end. He's a veteran tight end. Yeah, absolutely. That's all yeah. I can say about the guy. And he has best season ever last year, which is which is Insane. fool's gold. But to be in the to be a thirty six year old today, it's gonna be fun. I'm telling you, and Watson's gonna get his, but yeah, you're right. I wouldn't Take him over on Darius Green or anything like that. We can move on from that. Charles That's Clay. Not, the only reason to like him maybe a little bit is, I don't know, he doesn't even have a good... Yeah, that, the Ravens across the board, uh, wide receivers and, and running backs are... Uh, or wide receiver and quarterbacks. Good times. Charles Clay. You guys can't talk me into Charles Clay again. Can't I'll talk let, I can't I, talk I'll let you fuckers talk. It must have been Houdini then. <laughs> Who talked? I've never been... It must have been who did I was last year. That was me last year. <laughs> it was you too. You really liked this fucking guy. I, I mean, he was fairly good at the beginning of the season. There was a stretch where he's pretty good. It was very... Listen, I didn't expect the Bills to be as... I don't know. As different of an offense as I thought that they would do. You would think that Clay would be used in an offense like that, but he just wasn't. And I couldn't... I still can't understand why. Because I think he would be a great asset to that offense. He's a... Great pass catching tight end. He really is. Uh, he's got a lot of different skills. So he's more of an H back type that uh, I mean yeah, can really point. be utilized that way. But it, it's I don't know with the with Tyler with uh, uh, Taylor being in there as the as the QB. It just doesn't uh, doesn't work out right. Think about if he had stayed and let's move on. We're really gonna hyper this guy. If he had stayed in Jacksonville and they hadn't signed Julius Thomas, he not Jacksonville, Miami. Miami. That's what it was. Clay was Miami. All right, yeah. my bad. Clay Harbor. Clay Harbor. There you go. Clay Harbor's the other garbage. Yeah. The thing let's, is, let's early on. in the season, he was good. He got a bunch of targets, but he's very. He needs targets to make things happen because he's not going to get a ton of touchdowns. He's going to average ten, maybe eleven yards a catch. So he just needs a boatload of targets to be a great fantasy producer. Kyle didn't Rudolph. He have, didn't he have a good no, first no, couple no, games? No more yeah, Clay. Yeah, no yeah, more yeah, Charles. Go, 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 yeah. go, go. Kyle Rudolph. You can't talk me on drafted Kyle Rudolph again either. Like he had a great close to the season, but you got I, a lot higher than I do. Do I? Yeah, you got him at sixteen. I got him at twenty-one. Okay. I just I will not take 
You've been lying JP, for the last couple of years. I just I can't take anything with Bridgewater anymore. Ever. Okay. I just won't. One thing as I'll long as Bridgewater's Bridgewater. there, I won't take anybody except for AP. One thing I saw with Bridgewater, I was, I was, I've got uh, two of the positions cut up for uh, the positional rankings. Bridgewater was a top uh, 12 positional ranking guy twice last year. I was shocked by that. Everybody's t- twice. Like, twice is like the I guess minimum when, when you're, you're a quarterback. I guess, I guess when you're a quarterback. Well, when you think but about still, it, I, when I saw it, I was like, twice? When you like, think oh, about who it was against, that's what the freaky thing is. I think one of them was against Denver. Against that Denver defense. Huh. Nobody, no QBs, nobody did anything against that defense. But Bridgewater tore them apart. How the fuck that happened, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally beyond me. But, uh, yeah, that was... Wow, I mean that that boosted him up for me for like a minute, and uh, yeah, well, well, Kyle, three. Kyle, three, three, yeah, which I was surprised by. For a, a position, there's 32 of them. He had three. I was like, Bridgewater, good work. Um, something to something that's a late round flyer worthy, maybe. Uh, but probably. no, yeah, I just I don't mean, know the volume. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Uh, one thing and that's what worries me about Rudolph. I don't Rudolph, know. I can't Rudolph, be fooled by Rudolph again. Rudolph, remember he dropped in that one game. He had the worst drops of all time touchdowns. I've seen and then some he of the best drop. catches in the world by him, and I've seen some of the worst drops. Yeah, ever. and he did, after that, I don't think he dropped the pass all season. So if that guy can be harnessing those hopes and working hard towards it. Maybe, but I'm not going there. There are certain guys that no matter how talented they are or how untalented they are, it all depends on the offense. It all depends on what's around them. And this is exactly that type of guy. I think he has all the talent in the world. It's just the worst possible place he could be. You got Teddy Bridgewater uh, there. I mean, Charles Johnson is fucking talented. The guy is a talented wide receiver, and he was eventually <laughs> relegated to the freaking bench. Don't tell me you guys haven't seen You've watched Charles. Dick, I know. And you guys were on his jock, too, with me. We all Don't were. tell me that I was. But I'm it. not bringing it up right now. <laughs> no, I, agree, I agree. But I agree. I, but I also now might have thought in the same way I think Brandon Coleman's like, all right, he's just big and. But at has, least Charles Johnson did it for a stretch of games. That Brandon Coleman has never no question, done no question. Let's move. Let's move on, just so we can kind of close out. We are at two hours and ten-ish minutes. Oh. Yes. Yeah. So let's let's. We've only got to go through like five or six more yeah. guys here. Let's anyways. close it out. Exactly. Let's just close this thing out. Zach Miller. Nope. What I, about you? I, dogs on it. I'm not. I like it. I mean, simply because it's he's the only one left in Chicago, and they love using that tight end. The thing is, they've also talked about potentially trading a mid-round pick for Michael Rivera, and that would then have two guys that are middling that I that I won't know who to pick. If, I mean, if at least happens, he's 26. If that happens, I give up. Yeah, why not? Why not up. just sign Vernon Davis if you're going to do that? Why would you go out and give up Trade. a middle round pick? Like, fourth or fifth round pick for no. Michael Rivera? Okay, like a sixth. If it's not a conditional seventh round pick, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? I mean, the guy has a 50 catch season under his belt, and he's got. He looked great last year, but let's talk. Let's talk about before that. Let's talk about the fact that he's six foot two, 207 pounds. <laughs> he is smaller than most running backs in the league. The one thing I do like about him, he was out, he was out of the league long enough and hungry enough, and he he is a football player. I do like that about him, but lucky. I don't think it was luck. I, I saw some of those catches, man. I, I 
that great he plays, but lucky that Martellus got hurt and they had nothing fucking else. They took advantage of it. But the fact is, then, well, they don't have anything else again. And it's still that same... It, I mean, they're going to still run that same type of stuff. It's not like they're just going to completely switch out of everything there. They're still going to use that tight end, and he's going to be the beneficiary of it. The thing is, that week in St. Louis was like the flukiest late week ever. He had five catches for 107 and two touchdowns. But that's also the game where Jeremy Langford scored, what, a 90-yard touchdown catch? And that game was just fluky all around to where... I don't know if any of it's repeatable. But uh, that was one game. Yeah, honestly, if you, it, I, but if you take out that four, four, four other great games, four, three or four other really good games. I mean, comparably, we're down in this zone. You know, we're not talking about the top ten guys. Yeah. We're talking about down in this zone. The um, thing is, he's used to averaging ten yards a catch, and then suddenly last year it's thirteen. Like, I, I'm just not going to touch him. Let's move on. We'll, we'll, we'll be able to talk and see what the uh, what they do in the draft and see if, uh, what they do in free agency. Zach Miller right now, I agree, is their guy, but uh, who knows? Jared Cook. Where did he sign again? Green, Green Bay. Bay. Oh, yeah, and he's actually going to start for him. He's going to start yeah, over. No Rogers. question. No question. The uh, thing is, Rodgers is so fucking slow. Like, just watching that guy, it was just impossible to think that he was going to be good, and then he finished... With the top ten season, I'm interested. The, the thing is, is that he, uh, Jared Cook signing there is very interesting. He has potential in that offense. It's it's. Have you Jared ever Rogers have you, as someone that's owned Jared Cook probably in three different seasons across multiple leagues? Only one of them, though, you actually took him as a starter, and that was when he first got to St. Louis, and we everybody thought, and he had that in his first, first game. First game, first game, he, he was almost like three touchdowns. Yes. Was, so I got offered that week. I turned down something ridiculous mm-hmm. from Waxman. He wanted to trade something ridiculous. Yeah, we talked about it plenty of times. But, but are you excited? Are you? I, this is legit though. That was playing with Bradford in St. Louis. This is Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Very different. Very different story. Kid's talented. We always talked about uh, how he's got the the underwear Olympics uh, under his belt. That guy has got all those player. little things he's that not you. Not a football player. But yeah, you're, I mean, but he's also been in shit situations. Yeah, this is a situation where you're like, well, man, if if you and Aaron, if you and Aaron Rodgers click just a little bit in that preseason yeah, in yeah, the OTAs yeah, yeah. and everything, he'll he'll like you. He'll, ADP, he'll, he'll find you. I agree. It's changing so rapidly. I doubt they have it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was literally just. Let's that. move on. That's a some guy. That's a guy that's Four, gonna, 14th that, that, round. That's a guy that could. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Keep it on your back burner. That's a guy nice. that I would take I mean, a chance on, for sure. His later. first year in St. Louis, he finished as the number 11 tight end. That's pretty with, That's not too bad. You know, 51 catches for 671 yards and five touchdowns. But can he do what Richard Rodgers did last year and catch eight touchdowns? Like, no, probably not, because he's... Is he a six touchdown guy? Well, no, it's the, the no, probably not. It's because Jordy Nelson's back. Mm-hmm. That that's the no, probably not thing. But I think that he he still catches a lot, a bunch of passes. I still think he gets yards. I think that he'll find himself a lot uh, open, a lot more than he was anywhere else because of the the threat of everything else on that team and just the fact that Aaron Rodgers is probably one of the most pinpoint passers. I mean, it could really work out for for Cook. I mean, that's the best thing that he has going for him. I mean, let's just remember what Jermichael Finley, a player of the similar sort of body type, did in this offense. He's got the speed to sort of stretch the defense over the middle, but 
you know, Finley's had 55, 60 catch seasons with 650 to 750 yards, and his his touchdowns ranged from two to five to eight. So if you're getting the eight touchdowns out of Jared Cook, you could be you know swimming in the butter with that late round ADP. I think last time we checked, it, it says 14th now, but currently since signing with uh, Green Bay, he's had like a 10th round ADP. Yeah, well, Verdes swimming in the butter. All right, moving on from uh, Jared Cook there, we'll go to... I think I think on the Running Back podcast, we had a good argument about... Uh, Martellus Bennett. Martellus Bennett a we couple did. weeks ago. For sure. And the thing is, like at, at the tight end position, once you get to like tight end 15, you know, tight end 16, it's just like 15 points that separate these guys. Yeah. They're all very, very close from like... 15 to 30, they're all sort of in that same range of, you know, 65, 60 to 80 points. And they're not really guys you want on your team anyways. They're weekly guys you need to stream and mix and match and figure out weekly matchups and who to play. There's not a lot of guys at this point with giant upside. That actually is something that works for Bennett in this case. I actually have him ranked a lot lower than you. I am at 26, I think you have at like 18. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that the only way he ends up 18 or wherever you have him is if Gronk gets hurt. And that's why he won't, he won't be on my team unless I have Gronk on my team. If I have Gronk on my team, I'd love to have Bennett on my team. I'll take him late whenever I can get him. That's fine. But he's just going to be the blocker. He's, he doesn't have that quality that Aaron Hernandez had. And I mentioned early in the podcast about Clay Arbor. Clay Arbor is the type... That has athletic speed, you know, like I can do a lot of different things, go out of the backfield, stuff that Aaron Hernandez used to do. Bennett is more of just a giant body who, I mean, he happened to do really well in a couple, you know, in for the Bears, obviously for a couple of seasons there as the number one. But as the number two, as the blocker there, I don't know, man. It's, uh, the upside is in Gronk getting hurt for me. All right. We'll All right. see. One thing I'll say, guys, is to look at this position uh, 10 years ago, the way that we've been talking about how the position's progressing and how there's a lot of talent there up. 10 years ago at the tight end position, two, uh, 19, 2006, sorry, no 1,000-yard seasons, no double-digit uh, TDs for, by a tight end, no 10-point-per-game average. By a tight end. Uh, Kellen Winslow had 89 catches and he led all tight ends, which is actually... That's a good amount. Yeah, actually. good good amount. Junior. Was, Kellen Winslow, yeah, Junior. junior. We was, didn't go that far yeah, back that, in that, time. That's not that far <laughs> back. That, that, that I love the senior. Yeah, senior. <laughs> we know. We know. You love that day. guy. That was before uh, Kellen Winslow got busted smoking synthetic weed and jerking off in his Range Rover. But 10 years ago, those stats now... What we talked about, there's four, just a different, different deal. Let's uh, let's rock out and close out with the the, okay, the yeah, biggest, gonna... the biggest guy of all time. I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll smoke uh, Witten's pole for a little bit. This guy's got more catches than any. He's just always does it, you know. Ninety four in two thousand ten. He also had that in two thousand nine. He had ninety six catches in two thousand seven. 110 catches uh, just four years ago, which is the most ever. I, because I'm not even looking at his strength schedule, but I, I, I like Dallas's strength schedule. I like Witten the way that you like K- 
Gates this year. I think Witten is going to be so undervalued, and he's actually going to deliver. You know what? I I would agree with you if it didn't... Age has obviously caught up with him. And, and, it was, and it was plain and obvious last year on the field. He just didn't have the same mobility that he used to have. Uh, he could still block. He could still stay in there and protect the quarterback and do the little things that um, I, I, he was. he's always been awesome at. Heath Miller was always awesome at stuff like that. There are certain guys that you could depend on to do all the little things. I think that the age has caught up to, with him to the point where fantasy isn't where his worth is. It's real life. <laughs> you know, and, and, and which listen, I think it's great that they're holding on to him, that he's going to still be playing with his his butt buddy. I, I mean, for five games that Rome will be active for. I mean, that, that'll be awesome for those two. Getting the shower together after the games, that's cool. But other than that, I, he's not on my team next year. He's He may have a good game or two, and it'll probably be against the Giants, and that'll be it. He's He was right behind your boy still last year at 12. He still had a lot of targets. He still, and that's without with that. Did he ever have a double-digit game? He might have had probably. That's two. Not, without two. his butt buddy, that's with his butt buddy being out again and again. Hey, I'm back. I'm out. He still was twelve. I know. The thing is, I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you. But it's like he's, he's still. I just. He's I'd old, rather, but I'd he's still with, with Romo. He's still with. I'd rather draft just higher upside when I get to tight end two. What's his ADP though? I mean, I think he's like in that fifteen range, or it's like, yeah, okay. If him and fourteen, if, yeah, same that's, time he, sure that, that's yeah. you got a good point. There. I'd much rather have a Witten who's done it than a Jared Cook with an Aaron Rodgers. I would. Well, it depends. Like, I, it's, it's who would you draft? Who would you draft your first tight end? Like, because if you drafted a guy who's got a ton of upside, like a, maybe a Zach Ertz. And then you want to go Witten? Sure. Because Jason Witten is the definition of 5 for 50. <laughs> yes, he is the definition. Like, of five if you for look 50. at his game logs, yeah, no, no, like, in PPR League is great. And let's also know that with Jared Cook, I'm a guy that's probably drafted and owned him in four different seasons and been let down, fired up, genius, hate this. Ever. <laughs> so it's like he's a guy. So you I'm and Jared Cook have with. a history. Yeah, I'm done with. It. I'm I'm kind of done. I don't care about Aaron Rodgers. I'm done with him. But let's um, I I I, I yeah. like I like a, I like a Witten, and there's not anyone down in the 15 zone that's actually done it like a Witten's done it because that guy's been fan. He's top five fantasy tight end of all time. Yeah, he's been golden his whole career. Will Ty. See, I, I like Will Ty a lot. Like it. I mean, just he's one of those athletic guys like it. that we keep talking about. I just hope. My thing is, I think nobody he, knows. I want no one to get fired up about him. I just don't know if the sort of Giants know and are going to continue to play Larry fucking Larry Dinell. fucking Donnell. No, the, the, I, I think that, I think that injury probably ended um, Donnell's ascent within that team. Uh, I think that Will Ty took over a bit, and I mean, you put that YouTube out everywhere I could imagine, which is, well, at least you sent it to me, so that's everywhere I can imagine. Um, <laughs> um, and that Sounds YouTube, like that deep YouTube. universe. Sounds like a lot, a lot of, a oh lot man, deep, it's, deep it's, world. that is deep, that is one deep, 
Uh, that that YouTube of Will Ty and everything that he's uh, d- did when he was youngster. Wow, he is. Uh, I have something that. special. But he, why are you holding out on me, Stag Party? I'm drafting Will Ty. Virally, why are you holding out on our audience? You guys gotta stop doing that. I don't, our audience. I, don't even, know I think stuff. I said it to him during a podcast when I said Will Ty is a better athlete than you think. Because that's what happened. I mean, that was obvious. Even just like, and I, I mean, pointed out to you that fantasy pros didn't even have him as a player. And even before you sent that to me, seven weeks before you sent that to me, actually, I had pointed out to fantasy pros, you guys don't have Will Ty in your system. I want him in my rankings. Can you guys create that player for me? And they did. Here's the thing. And they spelled it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still spelled wrong on their site. I shit you not. Between we, love, we love you, fantasy pros. We do, we do. I, absolutely. But listen to Dogmatica. <laughs> okay, between Larry Donnell and Will Ty, who is much better, but if you combine their stats, 71 catches for 687 yards and five touchdowns. Like, and Will Ty's better because Donnell is catch and go down. Will Ty at least showed some open field ability, an ability to run after the fucking catch that brought something new to this offense. But like, you gotta use what you, you gotta use what you've been using earlier in the in the show. Ruben Randall gone. Victor Cruz, is he ever gonna fucking play again? They can they're Will, gonna Will, need Will, Will, Will Ty is the second best receiver that's Dwayne not Harris coming is out of the back. Who is starting on the outside alongside? He's the second best wide receiver besides the best wide receiver probably in the league. So if you yeah. just combine the, if you just combine those two guys' numbers and think Will Ty can stay healthy for a full season, he finishes better than Zach Ertz. Maybe. No, that's what it would have been last year. And, no, uh, in, 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 oh, Ty, and Ty is what? Is that sixteenth round? Ooh, Ty's probably undrafted currently, ADP. but we could check that out. So, uh, I love you, and I, both, you and I both have him at 24, and to be honest... I'm drafting him ahead of Jason Witten. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely, yeah, he'll, he'll definitely be ahead of him, too, for me. Even though we both have Witten right there. Right, right ahead of him, yeah. Uh, but there's a difference between I got Vikings. Ty high. I got Ty real high. Yeah, you should, dude. The guy's, the guy's good. Any, he's another dude. I just the Giants have a nice, easy schedule. Though. I just don't schedule. know if the Giants are gonna do it because they paid Danell to come back. I, I know. Like, we, me up. so it it's like, ugh. and they keep starting Larry Danell, and then he Danell had that what three touchdown game two seasons ago, which gives everybody thinking like he can have great fantasy value. But even then, what what Danell finished as a top. 15 tight end two seasons ago? He's the definition of 3 for 23. Oh, I can't <laughs> But he could score a touchdown. <laughs> but he could score a touchdown or three. Oh, fucking uh, right. top 12. Ty top is the 12. one you want. Let Danell go. Next. Let's go. You What's the last? Uh, we're that might have been the last Clive Walford. Love him. I'm worried. I'm worried about... We're worried about the schedule. Worried about the drop-off a little bit for Carr. Personally... I've read, read anything by anybody, that they're actually going to go for another wide receiver and, and, and water down the Crabtree uh, Cooper thing as well. But you got, I like Walford. I don't know. What do you guys have to say? And then I, I think we can shut it down. They're ready to, to get to get rid of Rivera. You know, they don't want him to. To the Chicago Bears. Yeah. 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 I don't want It's anybody who's taken they want Walford to be the guy there, and he's the guy can do everything on the field. So the, the guy is athletically a uh, freak, and he he's can li- do everything. You want to know what he's like? 
He's like the uh, he's like uh, excuse me that I'm spacing this right now. It's like Dwayne Allen was. Out yeah. of college, he's a Dwayne Allen esque kind of guy. Except much bigger and faster and stronger. Because Dwayne Allen is short and fat and kind of slow. <laughs> well, you really, you really, you really, you really threw a thorn in my side. But that, but he does the same things well. Like he blocks well. He can catch the ball a little bit. Like Clive Olford is a Miami tight end. And yeah. That's all you really need to say. That is all you need to say about it. <laughs> A guy like that. Miami he does a lot of cocaine. Are really, he, he does a lot of, of cocaine, gets in a little trouble, but kicks ass for your fantasy team. Greg Olson, Kellen Winslow Jr., who Jeremy we already Shockey. talked to. Jeremy what, Shockey. What do you call Jimmy Olsen? Graham. What do you call Olson? G-Rag with the third leg. G-Rag with the third leg. Finally, at the University of Miami, there's a white guy oh, is that, it, is that, that people are people think <laughs> have a big cock. Giacco's another. Talk about third leg. All right, now we're talking about penises, so we're gonna shut the door down on it. Hey, fellas, thank you for listening. Ladies, thanks for listening. Check out Pyro Pro. Sign up. Check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Pyromaniac. Let's do this. It's early in the season. In all honesty, it's been nice. We've been doing our draft kit. We've been doing all our work and prep for the for the upcoming season. But our content, we've been doing at a slower rate than usual. That's all about to change. It's April. We are fired up to get into high gear. Man, we just live this stuff like nobody's business. And if you've been listening to us for years, you know it. If you've been listening to us for your first time tonight, you're about to know it. There's nothing like Pyro Podcast. We, I, I'm, I'm, the, uh, I'm the distributor, and you got Dogmatica, who's a fucking brainchild on fantasy football and the stats. <laughs> and you got Stag Party, who just knows the game like few others. And uh, we just do it differently. And this is a sick show, and I love you. Ciao. Love you. Ciao. And we love you guys. So on this, we're going to close out with some more Beatles. When we opened up with Blue Jay Way. And on the way out, we're going to do All You Need Is Love. Guys, fantasy football. It's alive. We love you. Peace.
Thank you.